Dr. Thomas Sexton will be back on Gesundheit with Jacobus this Saturday morning. We'll continue our journey through the history of medical applications, practices, and failures regarding the healing of chronic illness. Dr. Sexton has been in the healing field for more than 43 years. His insights and linking both theories and therapies together have been inspiring and helpful to many. It's Gesundheit with Jacobus. Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today. Good morning to you. This is a program about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. We invite the experts. I should say we, but it should be me. I keep saying we because uh, Chuck used to be here in the studio and it was so automatic that I would say we. We're all together anyway. We're all together. We're all together again. That's more healthy than I or me. (laughs) Which is true. That's true. We are, in a way. Ah, I can see it now. Okay, we have the... (laughs) Have the experts on, chat about things that are important, either uh, in the the experts of health, healing, and healthy lifestyles, either in their work, research, a book they've written, or just a passion that they have they would like to share with us. So just want to let you know, as I have to do always, FCC rules, we are not here to diagnose, treat, or cure. We're just sharing information and education, hopefully bringing a little entertainment. It's all about... Can you pick up something that you can use practically in your only in your own life on a daily basis? And so, please see the specialist after the show. Uh, give him a call. We give out the phone numbers. We give you the information that you need, or see somebody of your own choice. Perhaps you say, "Wow, this really triggers." my interest to the point where I want to read more books about this topic, go on the internet, find out more information for your personal need or for somebody close to you. So I really appreciate you tuning in today. It's going to be really an exciting show. Dr. Saxon and I had just had breakfast and we had some very interesting conversation and I'm excited about today's program. So Dr. Thomas Sexton, he is a licensed acupuncturist, has 43 years experience in the healing arts and an extensive background in oriental medicine, acupuncture, and bioenergetic therapies with a comprehensive understanding of natural healing modalities from Europe. Thomas is one of the first class of graduates and nationally certified acupuncturist in America and attended the New England School of Acupuncture in Boston back in 1976. Hence, he has been a part of the early history and he has studied with many of the early major players in assisting acupuncture and Chinese herbology gain a major foothold here in the U.S. Now, his clinic is called Blue Sky Healing Arts Clinic, and the website is Center, Blue Sky. So you go to the website, bluesky.healingartscenter.com, and uh, that is located on 19th North 10th Avenue, Suite 2, 19th North 10th Avenue, Sweet too. And the telephone number, very simple, 
9733. Now you're going to have to pull that microphone close to you if you Which don't one? mind. This one? Yeah, let's use that one. This one? Perfect. Okay. Are we on? We are happy and on. Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Jacobus. <laughs> the applause is still dying down. Yeah. People are slowly taking the seats again. Yes. Um, we had a very interesting conversation over breakfast about what we see going on, what he sees coming in the store, um, what I'm seeing now in my practice and over the 40 years, 43 years or whatever, working one-on-one with people. Um, you know, the general trends, the general patterns. I like to look at patterns. I'm more in the Taoist philosophy of Oriental medicine where observation um, is the really, you know, a key element. Uh, you know, the old shamanistic uh, traditions of, you know, paying attention to the signs and the symbols. Whoops. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, the signs and the symbols of your environment, it's in relationship to who we are, where we are a part of heaven and earth. The, the Chinese uh, imbalance of disease comes from uh, not being in harmony with your environment, not being in harmony with uh, yourself uh, and the five elements. So um, from that perspective, I like to watch and see and observe. I mean, it's like a, I just bought a two-bedroom condo and, uh, you know, it's a new suburb behind Wrestler there. But it's like, I arrived there, and the, the first thing I noticed, there's just no birds, you know? No I went, birds. I yet. mean, I, I mean yeah. for the longest time. I mean, I just uh, recently, I mean, I'd see one occasionally a, a raven or, you know, a hawk or something. But, I mean, in the area, I mean, generally. And so, okay, well, there's no trees. All right, so I bought some fruit trees. Well, I like fruit trees. I have a little backyard and start planting trees and berry trees and Saskatoons. and. So, you know, I like trees and I like to grow things. And so it's like, all right, what's the greatest thing? I provide an environment for them to come and participate in. And yes. now I have birds coming into the environment. Robin's getting, you know, I mean, they'll, they're fluctuating, but it's just a matter of the environment. Yeah. So and the same in the body. You, re- you relate what you see outside, inside. I mean, having worked with psychic and 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 uh spiritual healers and you know how we look at life and how they look at life and how they they're in a different dimensional uh conscious or awareness about things. yes yes you know it's like car movie was an old uh car mechanic and he would relate you know what's going on with your car you know i mean it's generally what's going on in your body yes you know i mean there's a relationship you know my car's all beat up right now and and i'm pretty beat up you know physically (laughs) you know so you know there's a direct relationship you know duct tape only goes so far yeah you know band-aids only go so far so how do we heal or come into awareness or what is it we're looking for in life that brings happiness joy abundance you know, um, because the hidden factor for most diseases is the stress factor. Mm. And the stress factor then combines, but what sets up the stress factor? A trauma, an incident, a situation. And these are old childhood patterns that, you know, develop. And then we have to develop a strategy as a child or the ego does to survive. And as a result of this patterning, what I'm seeing now for people in their mid 40s to 60s i mean they're unwinding these childhood patterns in order to feel more whole or healthy they're working on themselves so the only thing you can control is what's within you yeah that's the only thing you have 
I mean, everything, I mean, the family, I mean, mothers can't, oh, I got to do this, 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 this in order for me to relax. Yes. You know, and so that only goes so far and then you collapse and you're exhausted, but I got it all done, but I can relax now. Yeah. And so how we go about our lives is really important as far as the long-term management of stress and controlling the diseased element because we come into conflict with ourselves about feelings, emotions, um, what's going on with certain circumstances. We're in denial. I mean, and so really life is about acceptance. It's about, you know, letting go of resistance and adapting. And this is how I see having, you know, spent, hmm, I don't know, most of my life in pursuit of, you know, healing and healing modalities. It's like, okay, now it's time for integration of all of that information. And how do we integrate you know, we, we go to healers, we go to doctors, we're looking for solutions and answers, take a pill, take a, a herbal formula, you know, help our quality of life. But what are we looking for? You know, peace of mind, happiness, more energy, yeah. joy, yeah. you know? Um, well, it's interesting what you say when, when you said all you can control is what is inside of you. Um, I've heard the expression, you cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give love if you don't feel that love inside of you. You cannot give happiness to somebody if you're not happy you can you know it's, that's why it's interesting how many comedians make people laugh but they're usually sad clowns you know there, there is a certain sadness and struggle in their own life uh, many times they, they 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 move into drugs or alcohol and their careers are cut short and it is because they they really know how to make people laugh but there isn't it's not from the inside and so there is a conflict there but also they're putting themselves out there in a very vulnerable way, you know, comedians or anybody goes on stage, you know, I mean, you're, you're out there and you're in the moment and you're, you're, you're allowing, you know, people to have insights into your heart, into your mind and into your awareness. And it was interesting. I was talking to, uh, I won't mention her name, but she had been on uh, survivor TV show yeah. probably twice, maybe three times. She knew the producer and anyway, um, and she had brought up to the producer the concept that, you know, there's some of these people afterwards, they need psychotherapy. They need help, you know, yeah. because, you know, they, they show, you know, like a Mormon individual, you know, no alcohol, no drugs brought up very, you know, puritarian, uh, pure environment and, and very family orientated goes on the survivor. You know, within two years, he's a hardcore alcoholic. Wow. You know, and drinking two bottles of vodka a day and, you know, spring whole what's going on here? And you're know, watching people in public, you know, and then the media and all the focused attention of other people onto these individuals. I mean, that's a lot of energy to handle. Yes, yes. You know, it is. so I mean there are other factors involved, how vulnerable we are to this, how developed our, our ego is in relationship to the soul. Um and the ego is, is I, I mean, I was interesting uh because everybody in meditation is spiritual thing, you know, oh, you know, you, you, you separate yourself from your ego, um, you know, you breathe and, and you come into a higher awareness and you allow all this and, you know, amalgamation of the ego to the soul and, you know, come into awareness of peace, you know, uh, you know, it's, we're not in conflict with one another. Right. I mean, the ego can be an errant child. I want control of this, that situation it gets. And it's like, this, oh, yeah, what can I do to help you? What can I do to, to assist your situation? Because you don't want to be in conflict with yourself. Yeah. But the ego wants to control and dominate the nature. Yes. You know, and we see that out picturing in all sorts of industries <laughs> yes. and outsides of uh, how we, we deal with the natural environment. 
Um, we're not living in harmony with it, and as a result, we're, we're a very diseased society. Yeah. You know, I mean, because that's what really struck me working in Washington, D.C., working in a very uh, high-end uh, uh, alternative medical dental facility. Uh, and But I'm dealing with chronic degenerative disease every single day. Fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, MS, um, Parkinson's. And I'm going, why are these people so sick? Interesting. Well, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, first thing, they're not in touch with nature. Their their lifestyle and what they're doing, they're not really involved with it. You know, I mean, as far as even just gardening or having plants in the house or just you know some connection, because we're all connected. We're mm. not separate. When the when we feel separate, isolated, and alone, that's when disease starts to manifest. So we isolate yeah. from family members, our work, and then we develop a diagnosis. Oh, we've developed a diagnosis. Oh, cancer. AIDS, all of a sudden, boom, something happens in the brain. This has been measured scientifically. Trauma, incidences of the shock, what it does in the lesions in the brain, how it sets up patterns of disease. This has been studied by a, a physician, German doctor. Uh, uh, his name is Hammer, Dr. Hammer, H-A-M-E-R. And he did CT scans, and he developed it with his ego, the Dirk Hammer syndrome. But it's a serious acute a traumatic and isolating conflict shock experience that he would actually chart. He would see the patterns in the brain of shock, trauma, emotional disturbances, and then at the moment of the shock or conflict short circuit, a predetermined place of the brain, there appears these photographed and computerized tomography or CT scan. It looks like a concentrated ring on a shooting target or like the surface of the water after you throw a stone in there, it would have effects on the brain. Kind of and if the conflict links, yeah. becomes resolved, the CT image changes, and edema develops, and then finally a scar tissue appears. Huh. So it's fascinating because he related all these shocks and traumas and, and put it together in CT scans, and he mm. could predict the nature of the illness this person would develop as a result of what he was seeing in, in these CT scans. It's really, really interesting, um, you know, I mean, because, you know, something like, uh, uh, you know, kidney disease, it's not wanting to live, or water or fluid conflict in the body. I mean, so he started to relate the emotional trauma to the physical disease. And now we see on the, on the horizon, I mean, it's everywhere, prolific on Time Magazine, the new mindfulness. Um, you, you see it in a lot of the emotional code work that you're seeing, conflict resolution, but people are getting in touch with their feelings. You know, I mean, in my my father's generation, I mean, my parents didn't express. You know, I mean, the only time I saw them happy when they're drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes. You know, they got through World War II. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's how they celebrated life. And I'm going, gosh, that's the only time I see them happy. But they're not expressing true emotions. I mean, uh, joy uh, would come out in kind of con convoluted, uh, you know, uh, ways. And so... Uh, they would have these emotional explosions because it would build up inside, but it created disease. I mean, my, uh, my parents suffered various diseases as you a bet. result, I think, of their emotional suppression. Yeah. So, well, when you bring that up, uh, we often talk over here about the history of the original medicine, former medicine, the Chinese, the, the Ayurvedic medicine modalities. They've been around for thousands of years. It's, it's easy to say, thousands of years. We're talking here about the emotion code. We're talking about the body-mind connection, the body-mind-spirit connection. 
do you in your studies of Eastern medicine see that uh, that those cultures, the, the, the people doing the medical work over there, were also connecting the acupuncture points with the emotions or uh, certain diseases, disorders with the emotions? And has that been faded out because of Western medicine? And it's, is it now making a resurgence? Um, originally, when you would see a physician, generally they were just paid to be part of the village or, or, or you know, I mean, paid to keep everybody well. Yes. So, I mean... First thing, quality of water, sanitation, uh, that was a big issue. You know, um, nutrition was an issue. So, I mean, first they'd talk. Okay, what's going on with the family? You have some problems. You know, we just talk. I mean, that's what friends do. Yes. Talk. I've got this thing, and we talk, and we'll work things out. It's always good to have, you know, a good friend. It can be a pet. It could be a dog. It could be a cat. You can talk to it, you know, but you have to have relation. People with elderly that do better with a, a pet. But I mean, you first have conversation. Uh-huh. We talk. We connect. You know, we have a relationship. You, you have certainly ex- experienced everything I've experienced, but to what degree? Meaning that we're—that's what connects humanity. Yes. I mean, we all been abandoned, abused, misused, mistreated, criticized, condemned. I mean, we empathize because we've had experiences with that. You know, and so to what degree? You know, is how much trauma, how much lesion in the brain, how much neurological. You know, how we adapt to that. I mean, the studies in the gulag camps and, and people who survived them, how they survived them, what they created, alternative realities or whatever we need to survive. And we do that as children, too. We create alternative realities in order to survive our environment. But we yes. choose to come into these situations to heal them. We adapt. And once we start to take self-responsibility that we're taking on this energy, but a lot of it's not us. The thought pattern, okay, how 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 our parents dealt with stuff, you know, and then we adapted our own egos and survival techniques in order to receive love or, you know, what do we have to do to manipulate the situation in order for us to get what we need as children? Yeah. And so this pad, these patterns evolve and they, 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 they start to develop a chronic uh, energetic pattern in the body. So as a, as a physician and someone comes to me, I talk to, them, okay, well, I'll just give you some herbs because it's just the nutritional stuff. The last thing they used to do would be acupuncture because it's a very violent, I mean, in some sense of the word, I mean, this is where Dr. Beach and the flower remedies and the emotional work that he did, he was... He the was Bach the, or Beach? Beach. I call him Beach because he's Welsh, but they call him Bach. Bach, yeah. Yeah, they that's call him Bach, saying, but that's yeah. German, but he was Welsh. So they, uh-huh. It's actually pronounced, I think, Beach. Oh. Uh, but uh, flower remedy guy, you know, I mean, he was great. He developed 12 different nozodes based on the bowels, predisposition, he had, it was like a, their original vaccine kind of concept uh, out of bowel nozodes. And he treated disease very successfully, but yes. gave it up because he didn't like stick needles in people. Mm. But acupuncture needles are not hypodermic. They don't cut tissue. They push tissue to the side. Originally, they used bones. The uh, uh, Cherokee uh, Native Americans used rose thorns. They'd stick them in points. They'd heat them up, and they'd create results. Well, what's really going on there? The needle enters the point, and yes, very powerful. Once it's underneath the skin... You can't unconsciously or consciously control the reaction. In other True. words, something happened. Huh. What is that that's going on? That's the mystery. That's what NIH, that's what they can't understand. I mean, they know the effect. It stimulates endorphins in the brain, regulates organ functions. They've endorsed it for, I think, now 10 different conditions. They see good results with it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how it works. 
Okay, so the North Koreans wanted to know, I mean, they injected radioactive dye in the acupuncture point. It's not the nervous system. It's not the circulatory system. It's not the lymph system. Yeah. So what is it? I put a needle in there, but okay, in the summertime, it's right on the surface, the energy. I'm connecting to chi. Yeah. I see uh, you have a collar or no, someone no, coming. No, no, no. Okay. I don't think. Oh, yes, I do. Uh, but in any case, uh, so when we connect with the chi, so if there was a real problem with the lower back problem, yeah, we use a certain acupuncture points, but yes, there's no separation of the mind, emotion, the physical. And that's the beauty of Chinese medicine is understanding, you know, you don't see this specialist for this problem and that specialist and think they're not related. Correct. And that's the dysfunction that's of a modern medicine. Yes. Is it's totally schizophrenic. That's it's right. It's not connecting any of the parts. Yes. You know, how you feel. But the new wave of medical thinking and the new wave of medical doctors is like they're inviting Reiki masters and acupuncturists from the Michigan State uh, Medical University. This is heresy. I mean, but we need to some sort of come to some sort of, you know, and, and at the same time, uh, 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 in naturopathic schools, I mean, they're endorsing the use of antibiotics, difluc and nystatin, uh, you know, which are traditional orthodox uh, uh, medicine. Antifungal. Yeah, and, and this is heresy as far as naturopathic medicine philosophy that I know of. And yeah, so we're all being affected, and it's creating this kind of conflict of, uh, you know, we are. there's something going on here that's really fascinating to me. Mm. You know, in regard to uh, the evolution of consciousness in, in the whole medical paradigm and how we're going to shift. And it's through people's inner change that they're doing on themselves and bringing that conscious awareness. That's right. And that's what's changing the medical system. That's what happened in Europe. They wouldn't go to people who didn't practice some sort of or had some sort of alternative or complementary background where they can synergistically put together. And because they, they come from a different constitutional you know, they used herbs, they had apotheces, you know, all the villages, homeopathy, very ingrained in, in German thinking. And so uh, they were adapting. And so how do you come and amalgamate? And that's where Chinese medicine started to get scientific in Germany. Dr. Vol, he wanted to measure the points. If they are, are, are real, they have energy. So he would measure the energy of the points and then be able to diagnose diseases depending on what was going on with the various points that he was measuring, yeah. whether inflammatory mm -hmm. or degenerative. Mm -hmm. And then we start to find remedies that help to complement that and support that. Yeah. Change. Wow. wow. A lot of information coming our way. I love it. This is uh, <laughs> what we wanted when we were talking before the show. We want to really express the in the integration between the different forms of medicine. Uh, there is a caller calling in. Caller, do us a favor. Call back right after the pro or right after the break because we have to. We have a hard break coming up, and it doesn't give you enough time to answer your question. So, Dr. Thomas Sexton, my guest this morning, Blue Sky Healing Arts Center .com. We will be right back. Stay tuned, please. As he mentioned in the first half hour, it is really, we start seeing more and more medical doctors who are doing the research and realizing that there is much more to just the symptom. There is a cause of symptom. And he's mentioning the word of a German doctor, Dirk Hammer, H-A-M-E-R, who has started to connect points of disorders, as we call them, physical disorders, physical organs, with possible emotional pain. Now, Louise Hay, many of you may know, have heard her name, Louise Hay also connects organs with emotions or parts of the body with emotions. And 
when you you look at this and then uh, a few weeks ago i talked about the emotion code with the work of dr um dr bessel van der kolk called the body keeps the score which is still a topic i want to expand on in the future but that also talks about how traumas and ptsd and stressors can affect our physical body our emotional body our mental body and how these traumas therefore have to be processed. So it's very interesting, the topic today, how we start integrating the treatment of what we would call chronic diseases or s- chronic diseases that are seem to be, uh, how you call it, unfixable, so-called, such as cancer. Unfi- you got cancer, you're going to die. Stroke, you're going to die. Uh, Alzheimer's, uh, you're going to die. It is all these concepts that we are being told time and time again, but at the same time, as Dr. Sexton mentioned at the last half hour, the healing starts from within. We have to, there are things that we can do that we have control over, and we should start taking more charge over what we do have control over and let the chips fall where they may. Because also, when you come to the end of the road, you got to look back and say, you know what, as, as we just had Frank Sinatra song, but the famous Frank Sinatra song is, I did it my way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to come to the end of the road and say, I really feel good the way I approach my life and even the end of my life. And to me, that has to give a certain fulfillment. Good morning, Dr. Sexton. Well, good morning, Jacobus. And, uh, you know, when you first mentioned the first intro, you're talking about, you know, we have to have a certain sense of self-love. You know, we for do. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about emotional self-love, well-being, emotional well-being, um, because this is really the key. But it, 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 how do we establish that? You know, uh, uh, we look for it with other people, with relationships, with the different addictive patternings. We're looking for emotional, I feel good. Well, I worked all this way I deserve this, the ego deserves, you know, to go out party, lose my, you know, and then I get drunk and I end up in a car accident. And well, that wasn't such a smart thing to do. So I I couldn't achieve it from outside means coming in. Mm -hmm. I have to achieve it from inside, allowing it to come out. Yes. And first I have to honor what it is I'm feeling, but most of us don't even know on our conscious level because we're so busy just trying to you know, make sure I got the food on the table for the kids. I, I got to make sure that everything's taken care of. I got all the stress going on. Mm-hmm. Well, neurologically, parasympathetically, sympathetically, that's creating responses. N- negative in design in regard to the, the, the colon health, the, the, the microbes in the body. What you think, what you feel affects the blood pH immediately. Um, there's been, you know, uh, this has been evaluated. I mean, this is the scientific response mechanism that happens in the body. Correct. Uh, you and, can and see a, it. And yeah. as a result, uh, I know in my work in biological medicine and analyzing pHs, oxidative stress value, mineral ion concentrations, blood, urine, uh, kidneys after fasting, that, you know, it changes pH uh, uh, to a point where if a pH is in a certain environmental uh, framework is 7.58, 7.6, the blood pH, well, that's an oxidized alkaline environment where viruses and cancer develops. Mm-hmm. You get a blood pH of 7.35, 7.38 to 7.42. Cancer will not grow in that environment. That's how close the uh, the difference is. Yeah, in the blood pH. And so what regulates blood pH? You know, I mean, it's what's the acidity in the tissues. Okay, the acidity in the stomach. Okay, the alkalinity in the small intestine. 
alkalinity in the mouth, acid in the vaginal area, and the colon. So, I mean, it's a matter of compensation regulation. When you lose that ability, then we have disease. But, you know, when you're more positive, oh, let's say you did a, a two-day fast, whatever, you're more alkaline, all of a sudden your mind's more positive. Whoa. So, um, gee whiz, what's going on here? And so does food affect health? And, you know, can you uh, eat your way to heaven, you know, in good times? I mean, but many times it's a matter of emotional freedom. 10% of your diet should just be emotional. Feed your emotions, mm-hmm. you know? That would be better off than having a strict, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't eat this. You know, what happens? The mind gets narrower, you know, because you're not, you're, 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 you're expelling and exuding uh, a, a separation from your environment, meaning I can't do that. I mean, mentally, you start narrowing your chi, your energy. So, I mean, you should be able to take in these various things, compensate, regulate, and not have any effect, ideally. I mean, they proved it with disease. I mean, certain doctors have swollen uh, smallpox, whatever, uh, just to prove the fact it's the environment, not the pathogens. They show up afterwards. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just a matter of how do we maintain harmony both internally with the external environment. That's the key to well-being and health. And, and emotional freedom is a really a part of that element. you got to feel to heal. you got to honor your feelings as, as children. Talk to them. Talk to yourself. You know, have inner conversations. What is this about? You know, why am I having this lower back pain, you know, on a regular basis? Well, oh, I'm dehydrated. I, I'm not, you know, taking care of myself. I'm working out too much. I'm burning the candle at both ends. And it's stress-related, coffee, energy drinks. And so, oh, maybe I need to change this, do something a little different maybe. Yeah, and so it's talking to you. Well, yeah. well, maybe it's an emotional issue. You're having conflict, not getting support at the house, not getting support in the office. There could be emotional components too. Absolutely. And generally, so, Absolutely. so that's what I see is, you know, that we're becoming a lot more hypersensitive uh, environmentally. We're becoming a lot more empathetic, um, you know, environmentally, our boundaries are changing with people, circumstances, civilizations, travel, cultures. We're all amalgamating into, you know, the universal, you know, energy. Okay, we're all part of, you know, the earth, and we're reflective of heaven and earth. So how the earth goes, how the water, the environment, we are a result of that. So if you want, you know, health, yeah, plant trees. I mean, guess what? The trees are giving us oxygen. We have a relationship. They're taking the carbon dioxide. So, you know, thank the trees you know, for life. And so it, once you start to open up and, and bring awareness and consciousness to your being, you're, you, you empty, empty the garbage, all that doesn't work for you, and you receive more light and more energy. Hmm. Wow. Pretty simple. Doc, yeah, this, when you look at it that way, it's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot of accumulated garbage that we're really attached to. Yeah, you know, and, it's true. and it's part of our personality and our ego and how it's, we, we've survived. Yeah. It's not our fault. We've done nothing wrong. It's just what we've had to come through to well, get to this point. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Very interesting. Dr. Thomas Sexton, uh, Blue Sky Healing Arts Center, uh, te- telephone number 522-9733, 522-9733-406, area code. Yesterday, case in point about this, Dr. Sexton, is that uh, uh, I talked to a person and it was a female, and she um, was talking about her daughter who has a ventricular problem in the heart. At the same time, she is dealing with a cough that will not go away. And she says, I just don't know what I can do about it because I don't feel I have a cold, but I just keep having this cough. So I said, well, 
the lungs have a lot to do with grieving and concern and sadness. And that is exactly what she was talking about with her daughter. And I saw that also on the on the list from Dr. Hammer, what the lungs are doing. I've heard that from Louise Hay in her book. And so then I talked to her and I said, um, so what's really going on? And she said, well, she has this ventricular problem and the doctor wants to put her on medication, etc." I said, well, the heart has to do with love, but at the same time, it can have to do with hatred, anger, resentment. And then she starts talking about how her and her husband, the mother, have divorced, and that really the dad is a complete narcissist, and he has never approved, unless the daughters were perfect, he would say something good. If they were just slightly below what his idea of perfection is, he would literally just put them down. And so you have these people who their whole life has been centered around a dad who has not been involved, uh, who doesn't support, but they still want his opinion. That started at a very, very young age that has been imprinted in them. And the dad will not give him compliments, will not tell him he loves him. Uh, he will not do that. And so where the mother is really taking care of him, and these are adult children today, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when the mother is really giving him advice and trying to help him, she doesn't feel that she is cutting through in the messages that she gives. But when the dad says, you've really disappointed me, it it devastates their life, even though he's not even in their life anymore. Yeah. So so it's really I I said I think that if your daughter can forgive herself and move on and say I have a lot of work to do, I cannot get bowed down by somebody who is this negative, uh, and I can I need to surround myself by people who love me, mm -hmm. who show love, who show appreciation and respect, instead of having that kind of memory hanging over my head. I said, I think that the physical problems that the uh, the 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 uh, the heart doctor in town is trying to medicate, I said that disease will simply go away. But this is a wake up call. You have a heart problem um, that needs to be addressed. Your heart is giving out, showing you the actual symptom, the pain that is deeper inside. You fix the deeper inside if that's possible, and it will be then the heart automatically will restore itself. And I told the mother the same. The reason why you're coughing is because you are so concerned about your daughters because there is all kinds of issues going on that they used to express their pain, they express their sadness, and that concerns the mother, right? So she's concerned about it. She feels the sadness, et cetera, et cetera. So you understand my point that I'm trying to make here? <laughs> I'm, I'm Well, there's a lot of different points you're making. Um, uh, from this type of discussion, yeah, but the inter interaction of this is brought up. I mean, I scientifically can be proven that this, these patternings, these adaptations that these children do to a narcissistic, I mean, and any abusive situation, the first law of healing in these kind of situations is to exudate or to, uh, remove yourself from that environment. I mean, number one, uh, so any abusive situation, the first thing you go anywhere, any place, any situation to get out of it uh, before you can come into your own sovereign nature again uh, because you're being subdimated uh, or being uh, subjugated, uh, undermined, especially with a narcissist. You're always subtly, you know, it'd be good. but 
you have to take full responsibility. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Yeah. So it's happening for the growth of the inner soul, that edification. Once they adapt, that they, they take on this role, it starts to change the dynamic. Once they start understanding that you're not a victim and it, you know, and you didn't, it's not your fault, but you take the chose to overcome this and, and, this is their problem. Yes. This is their situation. Mm-hmm. And how do you then give it back, so to speak, and, and and claim your original sovereign energy again? You know, soul healing, this is where all the, you know, type of things and bringing, you know, your power back. I'm all the love I really need. You know, I forgive you, you know, because I'm whole within myself. And you have to feel that self-love. You have to feel it. And, and, you, and you have to honor it mm-hmm. within yourself. And, and not transfer like the mother's transfers of all the anxiety, yes. all the depression, all the sadness that she experienced feels responsible for and shame. Mm-hmm. Then she transfer, well, how, you know, all of my anxiety. Now I'm not really assisting the situation, but I, I'm displacing it upon the children as well. So I'm part of the problem. You know, even though I, I'm empathetically feeling all their needs and wants and desires, you know, but I'm not helping it. I have to wash off all of my anxieties and understand that, They've chosen to come into this situation mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason to heal it. Generally speaking, they take it all on to break the, the genetic codes, three generations of genetic codes. Yes. You know, we've come as empaths to heal the planet. We come as healers to heal the planet. You know, take that responsibility, change consciousness, and it's an opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. But scientifically, there's stuff that biochemistry, and then, as you've said, they're already having physical symptoms. Yes. So, so that's already transferred from the brain and the lesion of the neurological parasympathetic sympathetic response. That's already been trained and ingrained. Yes. So that's how yes. you stick a needle in somebody. It goes underneath the skin, unable to then, you know, regulate and control because the ego wants to control everything. They have to, ah, release, let go. So uh, many of these traumas, they just black out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, just didn't exist. Yeah. So. You open it up, you facilitate life into these areas that we store and compartmentalize psychologically in order to survive. And so when we do the needle, that is very powerful technique. It opens up the meridian and all of a sudden people are crying on the table. People experience motions, memories. You know, uh, they have a, a bad dream, a toxic dream that comes up in relation to an issue they had forgot about. Oh, was that related to their, you know, indigestion, their their depression? Uh, is it related to uh, this chronic pain situation that they have? You know, because they just want that fixed. <clears throat> but the inner work is, oh, I got to feel what's behind it. I got to have a relationship and not be in conflict with my own body. You know, I'm using my body, but I'm abusing my body, but I'm not honoring my feelings, my emotions. You know, how do I really react to a circumstance? Case in point, if, if you want to take a caller, that's fine. No, Otherwise, uh, I'm going to I go think, into uh, a little... I think may have been an, um, what, what do you call it, these, uh, these robocalls because they hung up. Well, well I just want see, to give... There's seven... another one. There's another... Let's do this. Let's, uh, okay. Let's otherwise, I'm going to go into a scientific uh, you know, documentation of how this sets up in the unconscious yeah. mind. Let's get a caller first. Good morning, sure. caller. Thanks for joining us today. What's your name? How can we help you, please? 
Yes, good morning. So, Dr. Sexton, since um, you're a pioneer in this bioenergy therapy, um, I was wondering if you could, uh, question one, if you could explain the foundations and the basic principles of this therapy, and question two, do you think it would be helpful for anyone regardless of their health situation? And I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Well, maybe you have a follow-up question. Uh, Do you understand the questions, Dr. Sexton? Um, let, let's start with number one. Is that okay? Would you mind staying on the phone? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You're exposing, you know. Uh, so the first question is about the foundation of uh, of his uh, his what what he says, right? Right. The bioenergy therapy, the foundations, and the basic principles. And then, is that something that could be helpful to anyone? Well. First of all, the whole concept of bioenergetic, what, what is the term she used? Uh, bioenergetic, uh, explain the foundations of bioenergetic medicine and the basic principles. Okay. Um, have you ever seen any photographs of the Curlian photography, the phantom limb syndrome? Uh, no, I have not. No. Uh, okay. It's well, a fascinating uh, to look it up. Curlian, K. K-I-R-L-I-A-N. K-I-R-L-I-A-N. Well, I mean, in other, in other words, you know, what makes the heart beat? Um, first, I mean, life. Yeah, I mean, energy. What is all different forms of wavelengths of patterns, electromagnetic energy? Life is full of, you know, a uh, 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 vital force. You know, I guess so that's the basis principle, understanding that what makes your heart tick, um, what's behind the physical form of consciousness. How can you describe consciousness? Um, and so, uh, as far as validating life, um, we want to bring more life and vitality into the system uh, in regard to the energetic principles. But I mean, it's a nebulous bioenergetic medicine. Uh, it has foundational principles in homeopathy in in Chinese medicine yeah, yeah, and Ayurvedic yeah. traditions yeah. Um, and how we look at tridosha, the three major elements in the body. In Chinese medicine, we have five elements in the body of earth, water, metal, fire, and wood. And these are related like wood element would be the liver. And so there's a whole foundational principle, theory, practice, 4,000 years in tradition. And so scientifically, to prove some of these principles, like in homeopathy, that's where it's run amok. Because, I mean, how can you talk about something maybe you can't even smell, maybe you can feel and touch, but the hidden life force. But it's not hidden. It's been scientifically now we're starting to catch up to it. We, we did electropedance uh, uh, testing of acupuncture points. Oh, this uh, finger meridian is related to the large intestine, depending on where we treat it. So, I mean, there's a whole science of understanding, but it's an energetic science of tradition. Well, I, I want to add to that, Dr. Sexton. When um, when you look at uh, MRIs, mm-hmm. MRIs are able scientifically to show that when you when your brain is being tested and you are exposed while you're in the MRI machine to stories of trauma and sadness or happiness or uh, recalling bad experiences in your life, there is a change in the pattern of the of the brain. The, the amygdala, the hypothalamus, the hippocampus, these are all affected by changes in anger, in total fear. When there is total fear while you're laying there quietly, 
and you, these images are portrayed to you either in word or in pictures, there is an immediate change in the brain. And that is where the, the science has said, whoa, when this happens to a person, when we get exposed to certain information, there is an immediate change in the energy of the brain, in the shape of the brain. So when people start reacting in fear or what we call fight or flight or stress mm. uh, uh, in different forms, yeah. it shows up. There is a physical manifestation in the body. When they did the brain, that's what they saw. When you look at the heart, they see the heartbeat accelerate or slow down yes. they we we can see liver enzymes accelerate after strong exercises we can see the bowels the the vagus nerve that has been discovered by scientists show that when there is certain a certain mood it can affect the bowel movement or the stomach or the stomach gets really upset mm -hmm. uh, or calms down when there is a, a calm moment or there is an excitable moment so there are there is that i can i understand the question caller about the foundation of bioenergy medicine and the basic principles uh the foundation is in in thousands of years of showing and and uh, chinese medicine my understanding is that if you if, uh, a chinese herbologist of uh, of an herbalist when they presented something to the emperor, the emperor said if it shows that it can be safe and effective for 100 years without any problems, mm -hmm. so three generations, mm -hmm. it will become part of the Chinese pharmacopoeia. Mm -hmm. And that is over time how Chinese herbology has established itself as something that is safe and effective. So you cannot, when you look at Western medicine and the amount of medications that we have produced in the last 100 years that have not been tested for 100 years to see if they're actually safe and effective, mm -hmm. then we will, we understand why they come with so many, a list of so many side effects because we really don't know what it can do in the long run. I bow before your knowledge, go great <laughs> one. It's, yes, no, that's awesome. Well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the very simple bottom line as i explained to electricians you have pain you have blockage what kind i don't know does it matter i don't know you got diagnosis now oh now you're identified with a disease you know it's just a label yeah. but, but there's there for ms parkinson i mean bottom line to answer your, your question excuse me didn't mean to digress but so if there's blockage there's there's pain and so when we put in needles we're trying to augment and open up the blockage energetically, which then affects circulation, affects tissue We got to continue with that. We got to yeah. go. There's a hard break coming up. I got to right. go. Hard we'll be questions. right back. Bye. Chronic diseases, why are they here? And is there an explanation for it? And is there something we can do about it? Because when you have a chronic disease, that's usually the time when somebody decides to go to a physician and say, hi, Will. Um, I really want to do something about this because well, no matter what I try myself, it's not going away. And so when we have an owie or something that bothers us, we try to first medicate it ourselves any way possible. That includes fatigue, that includes aches and pains of different uh, different types. But when it gets becomes chronic and no matter what we try, it's not going away, that's when we end up going to a doctor. So it's not always fair uh, to go to a doctor when you're really in pain and then try to play it low and say well you know i've been having this problem no it really bothers you it really bothers you and how how upset are you with your own body and or your own mind 
that you are fighting these diseases that don't go away, these symptoms that don't go away. So now you expect this other person to, to give you something that will cure it in one treatment or in one pill or one pill a day. And in a way, it's not fair. If you would actually explain to a physician your life, your stressors, the challenges that you have fought, the disorders that you have felt, the uh, the trauma you have experienced, all of a sudden the doctor should look at you and say, well, this is a pretty complex issue. We cannot just solve this problem. I think one of the issues that we find in Western medicine is there is this constant need to look for this one magic pill, this one magic bullet, this one magic treatment, where when you talk about natural medicine, we say we need to look at diet, we need to look at a mindset, we need to look at your activities, your stressors, your the, your relationships with other people. Are you in stressful relationships? What is going on? What has been some of the traumas that you've been exposed to? Then you start looking at the person as a whole, the person as the person uh, acts in its own environment. What is your environment that has gotten you to this point? It's like Dr. Saxon said earlier. He said when doctors who experimented this actually injected themselves with the polio virus, they didn't get sick because they had a healthy environment. But if smallpox, yeah. a small, yeah, they swallowed so, it. Yeah. They swallowed it. So when you take care of yourself, you don't get everything. If your attitude is positive, and again, that doesn't mean that everybody has a positive attitude or can have a positive attitude. At some point, you will. But on the moment where you are today, you may really be struggling to find a certain happiness in yourself. You're struggling with your own battles, your own traumas, your own thoughts, your own memories. So it is very difficult then to also be physically strong and not be vulnerable to diseases that fly around. So we're talking about when you're dealing with a chronic disease, what is the history of how it has been approached? And Dr. Sexton, absolute pleasure. What a, what a first hour. Great job. Well, I think it was just absolutely synchronistic, you might say, what you were talking about in regard to the stress response mechanisms. And I was just going to mention the fact, do I need to have these on now? You don't no, need no, to. Okay. I, can remember you have a phone I can hear call. myself better this way, but, okay. um, you know, Dr. Hammer's work, you know, he was bringing up illustrations and, and, and documenting with CT scans, various situations. And, uh, I find it's quite fascinating. He said the same process applies also to animals, you know, uh, 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 in regard to the examples he would give original survival mechanisms that we have innate within our DNA and RNA. Let's assume a lion chases an antelope. Antelope must immediately mobilize all its resources to survive. The sympathetic nervous system takes over. In addition, a specific brain center becomes active that stimulates lung activity. What, you know, Jacobus was talking yeah. about going to a, a CT scan. Yeah. Your lung, your heart respiration increases because, uh, I mean, you're going in the tube. You're going into the darkness. You're coming out. You're being born, you know, through the uterine, you know, expulsion. You're going through the tube. You don't know what's going to happen. A lot of anxiety happens. Mm -hmm. You're going into the tube, uh, you know, death. So the fear of death comes up when you go into the tube. And the sympathetic nervous system takes over. In addition, the specific uh, brain centers become active and stimulate that lung activity. After the successful escape, the animal rests and the parasympathetic nervous system becomes dominant for a while to normalize body functions. Yeah. If instead a human gets a cancer diagnosis, even if the diagnosis is wrong, 
The same biological program is set in motion by the same fear of death that helped the animal to escape. The stress levels jumps and the brain-lung connection is activated, but now there's nowhere to run. Until the conflict is resolved, which may take years, there may be a constant stress as well as a brain-induced stimulation of lung activity, which now takes the form of increased lung capacity for the insistent division of cells. This process can only be stopped by switching off the trigger in the brain through diffusing the original conflict shock. Totally. This happens when the patient subsequently has surgery or natural therapy where he or she fully believes will lead to a cure. However, the same procedure in a patient who has doubts about its effectiveness will leave the conflict unresolved and the disease to progress. Thanks to Dr. Hammer's work, there's no longer just an unsubstantiated assumption, but rather scientific fact that can be verified anytime with a CT brain scan. Right, right. The selection of the conflict focus occurs by subconscious association. For instance, biological conflicts involving water, but also other fluids such as milk or oil lead to kidney cancer, fear of death to lung cancer, psychologically swallowing a big chunk which you can't digest, the stomach, intestinal cancer. You know, I mean, originally in the animal world, it really was a big chunk of food. But for us, it may be, you know, uh, uh, something else in regard to our work, our job, what we're trying to, you know, assimilate, our school, our educational program. We can't digest it. We can't assimilate it. We can't receive it and work with it and adapt yeah, to totally. it. And so it's great disease, you know. And so it, it's really fascinating because he was correlating – you know, uh, like, for example, a woman finds her husband in bed with another female. As a sexual frustration conflict, it, it causes uterine cancer. Wow. Okay? Wow. If, if, if she instead experiences it as a partner conflict, then in a right-handed woman, it leads to cancer of the right breast. If the conflict feeling is fear and revulsion, then it causes hypoglycemia with a lack of self-worth. Cancer may develop in the pubic bone. I mean, he was documenting this just from his research. And so if the lack of self-worth has been due to failure in sportsmanship, perhaps, instead of this kind of relationship stuff, rather than being sexually related, then the problem would have arisen in an arm or a leg instead of possibly the fingers or shoulder. Other typical situations that may lead to biological conflicts are lost situations, loss of a loved one, of a job, a value possession of, of a territory. So the first thing is when we come into conflict with these issues and we don't sort of uh, uh, receive them, you know, I mean... Because they take us off center. I mean, they take us by shock. Yeah. They take us by, I mean, totally, a car accident, whatever. All of a sudden, all your meridians reverse. It's called whiplash. You know, it's like being pregnant. When you get pregnant, all your meridians reverse. So you have back flushing, you have morning sickness, and think because your body's getting purified. It's a natural way. I mean, when you're pregnant as a woman, uh, this is what I hear. I don't know. But, I mean, you feel really powerful. You feel really great. You know, you can heal yourself of, of, of latent conditions because you got the hormone release, oxytocin, you know, I mean, a, a relaxation. I mean, you feel feel really good. Right. So Dr. Bel uh, Hammer believed that the most metastases and secondary tumors are caused by cancer fear or death fear resulting from the patient giving the cancer diagnosis or a negative prognosis. Well, you, I, you look at it. I agree with you. How many women would come home on a Thursday because they just got a diagnosis of cancer? And are totally, they're calling all the family, they're crying, they're crying, crying, only to find out on Tuesday it was, it was a false diagnosis. Exactly. And the, what it does to the body uh, and the mind, 
is unbelievable, the, the trauma that people go through. But the same happens when, no, I shouldn't say the same. What also happens to people with cancer who go through successful cancer therapy, and so now they're done, so they have done the chemo, the radiation that is told that's what they need to do, and then they'll say, they're being told, now you're healed. The first thing they do, they start celebrating. They go right back to the same habits, mm-hmm. eating habits, living habits that they had that got them, to, got them to this point to begin with. They're not connecting a disease with a lifestyle, with choices, with traumas, with, uh, with diet, with whatever life has brought us. The cancer is just the one outlet that the body uses to let you know Okay, you've really gone too far. You don't fix this. I'm going to. Well, it's also a very societally acceptable disease to die with. You know, kind of an honor. I mean, sympathetic, everybody. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's an interesting phenomenon, but it's a natural one. Um, I can go into that more in detail, but I I wanted to make the point uh, what was it? you see a lot of this coming into your store. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. So that you're talking from fear. personal one-on-one experience oh, yes. with people. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, Jacobus has been in this for how much? 20 25 years? 25 years. Yeah. And then, and so he works on, he spends two hours with somebody just talking, you know, and as a result, you know, uh, people, you know, start to change the focus or their attention. They're looking for a magic pull. I don't see that, you know, various substances, yes, they cause biochemical changes, but until we start to address this component, I think there's the emphasis of our show today, that we need to feel the heal, that we need to honor our emotions, that we need to not be in conflict with ourselves and what's happening in our world, but to accept and, and as opportunity for growth and through gratitude move through it. doesn't mean you have to like everybody, mm. but no, when you're in conflict with somebody, they're asking you for healing. You know, mm-hmm. they are asking for, for them to be healed because they know you have that empathetic heart. You know, you have that healing presence. You take on stuff, you know, and yeah. so they feel comfortable enough to discharge that kind of negative energy. But we take it personally. We take it on. And then we start to feel shame, guilt, you know, and less than our self-esteem starts to go down. And guess what? Your self-esteem is directly related to your immune system. How you feel about yourself affects the white blood cell count. Yeah. When I see someone who's gone through a shock and trauma and I look at the blood under the microscope, guess what? Everything's coalesced. All the red blood cells are stuck together, reload. You have fibrin coming up. Everything's gone in shock. It's shut down. So the kidneys wow. shut down. They're not filtering the blood. Guess what? Your blood pressure goes up. All right. After your blood pressure, adrenal fatigue, your mind doesn't function anybody. And the body's just shutting down. Your adrenals are, are, are shot. You know, trauma, stress, whatever, reaction can't control it, you know, and, and, and the ego wants to manipulate it and cir- find circumstances to, to, to find peace. Yeah. And, and so you got to then, oh, I, I need to take something out of desperation and fear as opposed to, okay, first honoring what it is I'm feeling. Why am I feeling this way? Can I address this issue with somebody? I mean, that's, that's not easy. Right. You know, we, we don't learn how to communicate and connect with people, but the new generation does. I mean, <laughs> look at social media, how quick everything happens, how everybody shares their feeling. Everything's open. It's a whole new society now. It is. You're right about it. It's that. liberating. Dr. Thomas Sexton, my guest on Gesundheit with Jacobus. Good morning, caller. Thanks for holding on there. What's your name? How can we help you, please? My name is Joe. Hey, Joe. Okay. I got just two things. Here's a guy that died, Benjamin Franklin. Words that I read when I was 15, didn't understand them. The training of a child 
begins before birth. I understand it clearly, especially with women that don't know you know how to eat. They were taught right, but they go on to the pizza, the Coke, and all the cancer-producing crap that's sold. But it, my, my main subject is this. The Dr. Sexton, who I know, he's on, he's on the ball. This guy should be on national TV. Just watch. <laughs> what? Joe, where are you from? Where are you none from? Of my, none of my fighters ever. Huh? 8,600. They were taught the first thing. An hour before you train, no more water. Nothing. No food, no water. Food, at least three hours. When you get up in the morning, you go out to run. You don't drink, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? You don't crack an egg like Stallone that ruined a lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> I grew up and that way, Joe. But here's what I wanted to tell you. That what they're calling concussions on the field mm-hmm. with a football mm-hmm. is because the stomach is a boiler. And when the defense is steaming, they take their helmets off. Here comes the little kids that are hired with the Gatorade. Mm. It's in ice. Mm. And that turns you into a vegetable. They think it's a concussion. They go there. They're, be- they're treated for concussion instead of what happened. You're not supposed to drink water. Marathon runners, they'll put the water on their head or they'll rinse their mouth, but they'll spit it out mm-hmm. because you can have a heart attack, a seizure, and that should be taught to every coach in the United States, whether it's track, football, soccer, or anything. And another thing I want to say, nobody should go and look at tapes and say they're a coach and then they don't even know what a kid is going through, no matter what sport it is in the world. And I hope there's a that Dr. Sexton lives for another 100 years, and you, Jacobus, you know what I think about you and your family. You're a great person. Well, thank you, and you Joe. you have a great day. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget about it, Joe. Hey, it. hey, Dr. Sexton asked where you're from. Oh, he hung up. I think okay. he's from Jersey. Well, Joe brings up a great point. I mean, an old naturopathic <laughs> cure for the hiatal hernia, you know, you should drink, uh, you know, uh, like three glasses of water, you know, like uh, 20 ounces of fluid. You know, in your stomach first thing in the morning, cold water, use the butt tracks, and then you go up on your toes and drop down on your heels, you know, and the weight of the water in your stomach helps to pull it down, you know, just basic gravity issues. So yeah. if you have a full stomach and you get punched, I'm sorry, there's nowhere for that to go. I yeah. mean, so, yeah, uh, he makes a valid and, and, and worthwhile experiential uh, point that Well, I'm taking boxing negate. lessons from Joe. And, oh, uh, I see. And so he told me that that you shouldn't drink uh, while you're practicing, while you're while you're training, water and, and water, anything. Yeah. Electrolyte. And so he said, "Well, look at boxers for doing the in between rounds. They mm-hmm. sit and they just get a little water. They spit it out. They mm-hmm. rinse their mouth, spit it out." Um, well, if you get punched with a full stomach, I'm sorry, it's probably not too. Yeah, but but any kind of sports, I'm. I've been, I'm doing my very best that when I do my trainings during the week, not just with Joe, but the other trainings I do three days a week, uh, that I really don't drink. If I, there is moments I'm so thirsty, I just take a half a sip, a third of a sip, just to feel that water in my mouth that I have something. But I can tell that even with that little bit, you're thirsty again in a few, a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So it is really, you got to train your body. I'm getting better and better and better at it for an hour and a half. I don't drink. I don't drink any water. So yeah. my bottle is still full. I have it with me in case that it really is an issue, but I'm trying to train my body not to drink because you're thinning the blood. And so you take away the energy that has to go to the muscles. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
that's why when people ask me about diet, food, water, um, you know, it's like more, I mean, depends. You want to design it to what it is you're trying to achieve with your life stream. Mm -hmm. I mean, yogis and, and, and meditators are more vegetarian, more receiving. I mean, it, it's like I work with David Collins. He was a professional uh, center for the Boston Celtics coach. You know, David who? Collins. David was, Collins. Yeah, okay. Collins. T-O-W-E-N. He was the center or uh, left-handed uh, guard for the Celtics. You know, and uh, it's really interesting because, you know, he was lefty. He'd always go up. Uh, so he had issues on one side because of one-sided sport. But, I mean, he tried to be vegetarian in the offseason, whatever, but he just couldn't compete, you know, being a vegetarian in, in a competitive sports things without that aggressive attitude that meat tend to generate or that astral substance that incarnates through the animal and whatever, that, that power, you know, that's muscle. That tone is like the Buddhist monks that are vegetarian. Whenever, as soon as they get out of the monastery, they want to eat, you know, in the old Kung Fu movies, they want to eat the meat because it feels strong. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, meat tonifies <laughs> the spleen pancreas, which has to do with muscle tone. So many vegetarians don't have very good muscle tone. No. And so you just grab the skin and see how, how, how loose it is, how what's connected. I mean, that's a good indication of your pancreas spleen function. I mean, just simple thick correlations. I mean, the, the kidneys control the brain. So how the kidneys go, how the brain goes. Um, it also controls the bone. I mean, this is the, the, the knowledge, how I derive, how it is when I'm looking at people in circumstances. You know, you just put all the dots together, how all these emotions are connected to this situation. And, and then, you know, once I start to see where the problems are, well, yeah, as you talk to your individual, the heart, the lung situation we talk about, you know, what's going on, you know, as far as grief, sadness, shocks, traumas, I start to get into that. So I'll spend an hour and a half to two hours with a new patient. I want to know everything about what's going on. And there's a logical sequence of events and then disease and how it happens and mm -hmm. how to unwind it. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it. Nothing happens, no reason. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a logical sequence of events. The shock trauma comes in and all of a sudden they're in a wheelchair with MS two years later. Oh, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that shock trauma set off a pattern in the body and then they're susceptible and then all these bugs viruses or whatever take hold because yeah. now they have you know they're coming to rescue you you know from this kind of decayed situation and now well, what are we going to do well yes. that's where the the fun starts yes you know i mean but unfortunately it's a pattern that's happened over 20 years so it's going to take a couple of years to reverse that because it started out when i grew up in the 50s with staff and strep Yes. And then we went into the viral phase, you know, in the last 20 years. Every new year, every new virus. I mean, it's attenuated, it's changed. Mm -hmm. So that's my basis of biological medicine. These are pleomorphic organisms. They change and adapt to the environment. I mean, when you have a fire, I've explained this before, the firemen show up. They didn't create the disease. Yes. They didn't start the fire. Um, and so the bacteria come to, to clean it up. The, and so when I grew up, we got antibiotics. Antibiotics, 30 years. Now we have superbugs and viral uh, uh, attenuated viruses of all sorts and the, how they work. And Anthony Williams, the, the spiritual medium, brought up the fact that in the 50s, we didn't have gynecological problems that much. We didn't have all these various uh, problems with thyroid and stuff. And he blamed it on or pointed to the Epstein-Barr virus and all the attenuated 600 forms of how it goes through the body neurologically and long-term effects. But what makes you susceptible to it? Heavy metals environmental they're attracted the viruses go right to it why do you think we use different mold preparations over in butte to clean up the the, the pits yeah, yeah you know yeah. it's because they attract to the heavy metals 
called the candida yeast. Uh, whenever you have a metal ion on the body, candida yeast will go there to protect you from it. The poison of the heavy metal ion. So candida yeast is your friend. It's trying to protect you. But trouble is, it goes into variant forms. If it's out of balance, then there's an yeah. issue. we got to take a break, Dr. Saxon. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love to. I wish there was no breaks. We could just talk. But we got to go take a break. Okay. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. There is so much to talk about when you talk about a chronic disease because everybody is different based on the, the research done by a Dr. Hammer from Germany, H-A-M-E-R, Dr. Dirk Hammer, who has started to connect the body, uh, body organs with certain emotions that are expressed through the body organs. So the physical body is expressing the disorder, but it can also affect the mind. Uh, then you have Dr. Bessel von der Kolk, who wrote the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Very interesting as well. Who talks about the, uh, who talks indeed about the research that he has done amongst other ways through MRI research and other scanning devices that the, the brain changes based on the emotions it is experiencing. And then when the brain changes, it starts to have a connection, obviously, with the vagus nerve going all the way to the bottom of the uh, our body, not not the legs, but the rump of the body. And then you look at work from a person called Louise Hay. Uh, many of you in the alternative field have heard about her and how she connects body parts, body organs, glandulous with certain emotions, especially if there is a balance or an imbalance in our feelings. And so these are things that you need to take in consideration because of the research that has been done. You need to take in consideration to understand a disease, to further understand the disease. And also you need that understanding to start working on rebalancing the system so that the disease will actually disappear because the body starts to take over the body, the mind, the emotions, the spirit. It starts to take over and starts the healing process. It innovates the, it initiates the healing process. So there where the disease was started by not just the physical pain, uh, but it started with something deeper that we cannot per se touch with our fingers. We have to use the same, the same source to start the healing process, at least make it part of our healing modality. Yes. Okay. Thoroughly agree. That was close. Anything else you'd like to say? Oh, yeah, it'll come up all right. <laughs> have you paid your taxes yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, yes, I actually, I actually have, and I'm very disappointed. Oh, uh, and I need to talk to my CPA about it. Oh, not your the administration, the current administration, or politics. I no, mean. no, 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 no. Based on that, I was supposed to pay a lot less taxes, and oh, and my CPA said uh, you're right. Well, you, see, your brain chemistry is already changing, your neurological functions. are just mentioning the idea of taxes and yeah, you the see IRS the smile disappear. And, That's right. I mean, and so we have to really monitor the input that we, we. I mean, the filtration system that we have. I mean, we have naturally inbuilt, you know, denial we don't hear. I mean, the older we get. Let's face you know. it, nobody is, nobody, nobody, everybody is a capitalist in their own mind. They don't want to admit it, you know, politically, because nobody wants to pay taxes. Everybody wants to hold on to the money. Even those who say taxes are important, they take all the money offshore so they don't have to pay taxes. 
the height well, of somewhat these are all the various implements, games, strategies of uh, you know uh, that we've instituted for survival, dominance. I mean, these are basic genetic traits that we have that are innate in our in our biology. But how we relate to it is really the key. I mean, uh, most uh, people, you know, I mean, in society, you have those who want to control and dominate, and the others that are just you know, quite happy talking to their neighbor on the fence and, you know, milking a cow, taking care of the plants, uh, yeah. the children, you know, I mean, it's a whole more relaxed lifestyle. And that's the original Chinese, the village. I mean, disease comes from despair, hopelessness, anxiety, you know, frustrations. I'm not getting ahead. They've gone into certain areas here in the United States, the economic depravity of drug use, alcoholism in these areas where they've had factories, they've had industries that have now vacated. Big, big pharma has left them or, or some industrial complex has left them. And now that whole area is, that can, I mean, they're not feeling the American dream. They're not living the life. And as a result, oxycodone, addictions come in and all of this replaces, you know, the sense of worth, sense of value, the sense of being a part of. And this is what then comes into the vacuum disease. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be validated. We need to be respected, honored, welcomed, you know, and, and same with our emotions. We need to honor them, uh, uh, you know, uh, become, you know, interested in them like a child instead of just say, eat your peas, go to bed, you know, just you know, go to your room. Uh, we uh, that doesn't work because it creates separation and conflict within your organ system. Because each one of the organs has a soul, has an energy and an emotion, and mm -hmm. so we need to respect that. And and, and it was like celestial bodies. Um, there's the five element theory in Chinese medicine where Correct. the yeah. organs support one another and they also control one another. So it's a creative conflict or it's a creative tension in the body. You need that for the heart to pump contraction, mm -hmm. expansion. This is natural life. Rebirth is with each breath. So breathing, number one food, learning how to breathe. If you're ang anxious, you're upset, you have a meeting, a business meeting, you have a lot of energy or before I come on the radio program, all of a sudden I want to go. Breathe in and breathe out, but I'm going to breathe out three times more than I breathe in because I want to release the anxiety and frustration. So just using, using the breath to control what's going on within you, your mind, your emotions settles everything. Just breathing will ground and anchor your energy in the body. But that's what the prana comes from. The chi comes from is the amalgamation of energy from the air, prana. Okay. So number one food, we don't breathe very well as a society. And plus, the oxygen content has been diminished to some degree, scientifically proven. How come? Well, we need more plants, right? Where do we, where we get oxygen from? Yeah. So how can we symbiotically live in an environment that's enriching to ourselves? Because we're a reflection of that. Mm -hmm. All disease processes are a reflection of our habituations and patterns, which then, you know, like a biorhythm a program you put in the computer, it locks in. Mm -hmm. As we learn open-minded as an infant and a child to everything, neurologically. And then all of a sudden we start getting into channels of, of adaptation and change and, and habituations, and all of a sudden we have a pattern in our body that we've, we created, okay, out of our environmental response mechanisms of survival. And, and as a result of that, uh, our bodies become, how should I say, what you're going to do, you're going to do more of. 
You know, and, and what so you're going to do, you're going to do moral. What do you mean? <laughs> well, by I that? mean, the older you get, the yeah. pattern you'd establish becomes ingrained. And you yeah, can't jump you bet. out of it. It's hard to break habits. I mean, it's and true. same with addictive patterns and so forth and so on. So, how do you shift that? I mean, you got to put a whole new bio program all yeah. of a sudden, rewire the system, whatever, so it works a little different if you want to get out of this diseased, conflicted pattern. How do you do that? So, that's what. They come to see me or whatever, you know, I can use biological remedies, which is fascinating to me. Yes. They're bacterial, homeopathically attenuated, or they're fungal, uh, homeopathic attenuated. Um, uh, and as a result, it changes consciousness. So all the bugs and organisms in your gut have consciousness. Hmm. They have ability to affect how you think and feel. You know, if you had a really bad flu, you want to die. I mean, it goes inside the nucleus of your cell, the innermost of your body. Yeah. You're aching, you're pain. It's like, you don't want, it's so miserable. It affects your mind. Yeah, because you think this is never going to end. This is a little freaking yeah. virus and it's causing all this. And it's all of a sudden you don't feel like you want to live anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, the hopelessness comes in as a result of a microorganism that's affecting your consciousness. Yes. So, uh, but why did it come there? It's because your consciousness has created this uh, uh, a vacuum where, okay, the fire is going, the bacteria shows up. Uh, the firemen show up. You have a disease decay situation or environmental pH environment where it can set up. I mean, well, let's look at it from a different Sure, but okay, parasites, viruses. Um, uh, I know somebody who, when she was young, she would go to the lake, like to swim, summertime, swim, swim, swim. And in order to get a shortcut, they decided to go through the cornfields. And by the end of the cornfield, when they hit the lake, she just had to wipe all the ticks off her body. You know, and they did the same on the way back. It was just fun, fun, fun. Just going out in the sun, go in the water, you know, have a good time. I mean, time. there was no leeches in the pond? It, it sounds like somewhere in the Midwest somewhere. It was. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Iowa. Um, but in any case, the... Um, that the, explains everything. <laughs> well, maybe. Sorry. But no, but but <laughs> but the point is that um, these children at that age, five, six, eight, nine years old, right. they don't think about no. worries about the world or politics or financial Wall Street or uh, how do I survive? They how do, do I get for Sure, but at that time, right. when I know one person specifically, she developed Lyme disease and it was never correctly diagnosed for 30 years. Yeah, but it might have been the heavy metal residue from the chemicals of insecticide, pesticides. Yeah, but if you talk about body mind, no, you talk about the body, mind, spirit, right. you know, so... All of a sudden, you do have an invasion of a tick, the Borrelia burgdorferi, and then you it starts to affect your life. It starts to affect your temperature, your thyroid, your your mood. Uh, you know, and you try to figure out why is this, and you just do not get a correct diagnosis for about thirty years. Well, That's very frustrating, very frustrating because you really try to do the best you can in your own life, in your career, in your marriage as a, as a mother. Uh, you know, you try to do all this. So mm -hmm. um, when we talk about body-mind, to me, those are the ones that, are, that always give me a question. What about the children? You know, sometimes on a soul level, maybe that's what they volunteer to do in this life at a young age, develop cancer and go through that whole process. I don't know. No. I, I leave the door open for that answer. Um, I'm just, I know that a lot of things that you're talking about deal with adults. How do we deal as adults? How can we change the environment we're in? How can we do drink more water? How we can add minerals to the water? How can we watch our breathing? But you can't tell that to a four or five year old child. So I, I like to understand maybe you have done some studies on this or reading on this, how 
why the young children having diseases that uh, that that all should be able to be explained, um, but how can they be explained? Uh, that brings up a, a whole another show can of worms. Yeah, <laughs> um, meaning you, that you, you agree with me. I mean, that is is our worry. Oh, I have patients. You have that, children. You have you have yeah yeah. yeah. So you know how it is. Yeah, but I also have patients that used to, you know, ride their bikes behind the DD trucks in the Midwest just because it was fun in the summertime, and we didn't know any better, and it was spray, and it was wet and misty, and they'd be spraying along the highways, and they'd ride their bikes behind it, you know? Sure. Ew, develops, you know, 25 years later, liver cancer. Goes down to Dr. Livingston Wheeler's clinic, you know, and gets a vaccine and treated, whatever, but it's all from DDT chemical exposure, yeah. you know, and then creating gene mutation and all this other stuff that now NIH is really big into, gene therapy. Yeah. You know, it's the big, uh, you know, boy on the block and uh, how to manipulate genes, you know, to remove disease. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, the children, it, 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 I mean, you have to understand the children come and express all the hidden suppressed desires of the parents or whatever or they choose a parent genetically for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I believe in, in this kind of concept and idea uh, that it's not happening to you. They're not victims of the circumstances. They choose to heal. They come in to heal these and take on these various variant forms. But as far as the Lyme's disease, you know, you want to blame it on the tick. You want to blame it on Bordarella. I don't – I just – do not uh, have any, mm, what I see in my work, it's not Barella. It's not, you know, you want to, it's the same blame game that you're buying into, and it's, it's, it really has nothing to do with that organism. You know, Lyme's disease is, is a result. I mean, it came out of Lyme's Connecticut. Sure. Well, it was heavy, toxic, heavy metal environment. It's not, I mean, like I said, the firemen show up when the fire's there. Borella shows up when there's a already compromised immunological system. And it's not a bacteria, it's a virus, according to Anthony Williams' perspective. And they'll find this in 15 years' research time that it's not the Borella at all. These are naturally occurring organisms in the body, Borella, uh, Borella. Uh, these are natural, staph and strep are natural in the body. They're not causing the disease. They show up after. And it's the weakness of the immunological system from a compromised environment, heavy metal accumulations in the system and toxins. Well, so with children, gone from yes. number 10 killer to number two, oh, the last 15, 20 years, why? Oh, well, there's only a little bit of this mercury. There's only a little bit of this formaldehyde. There's only a little bit of this aluminum in these vaccines. You have to have something and you have 36 different vaccines as before you even three years, years old, old yeah. four years old, their immunological system isn't busy, isn't even developed yet. And, and we are changing it and we are, how should I say, unscientifically um, combining, let's say MMR, you combine three different variants of a, of a virus, okay, and you put them in an attenuated situation. The old vaccines they actually put formaldehyde and it would start to reactivate like the polio yeah, virus. Yeah, I yeah. mean, different, different, uh, uh, situations biochemically. We don't, it's not scientists and it's not vaccination creates immunization. It's not proven. I'm sorry. We are creating these various conditions that our children have to bear. Mm. And before you leave the hospital, you've already been vaccinated for hepatitis. Yes. Without, if you're, you're not knowledgeable, you can sign a waiver. But once you do, oh, you're red flagged. Oh, you, you're you're ostracized. 
you know, this is, you're not part of the well, herd that's anymore. An, that's very interesting. Yeah. That's uh, the vaccine. And, and you vaccine. are now a threat yes. to the rest of us. Yeah. Which is baloney. Um, yeah. And that's been proven scientifically as well. The herd, herd mentality syndrome yeah. with mm-hmm. regard to polio vaccines in England. Yeah, measles and, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah but, you polio, know. Polio. Yeah. So we're coming to see that, you know, in this 150-year experiment of modern medicine, as you say, you know, Chinese thought and proven over 100 years, I mean, we smoke in mirrors and cover it over and, and you know, and, and trying to get control of this circumstances, understanding very consciously that, you know, how should I say, in 1984, Freedom of Information Act, CIA information in regard to, they were co- cognizant that, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the mirrors all creates brain damage, yeah. inflammatory encephalitis, you know, I mean, irritation of the brain membranes, yeah. proven, you know, but we need to have a multi-dose, it's economics, it comes down to economics, vaccines have no, so if you ask about children, you know, I mean, they, they're bearing that burden, you know, but at the same time, the body's going to adapt, adjust, and it's changing consciousness, all the autistic spectrum disorders and what's going on, I mean, uh, this is a really interesting from 84 on and all of that. And, and then the, the pharmaceutical companies having to go to Reagan in 96 and say, you know, or 86. 86. Uh, yeah, that, that we, we now have to make an agreement because we're having too many lawsuits and too many reactions. And they're all being, you know, swept under the carpet here. But we can't function as an industry, you know. Okay, to the $100,000 cap. Your child dies of SIDS, but you can't prove it because... It didn't happen within 24 hours or 48 hours. No, four weeks later. Mm. There's no way to track that, mm. you know? Uh, and so how things work immunologically, how I work biologically, you, you do a over, like when they first introduced smallpox, I mean, just because we had a pretty clean immunological system. All of a sudden we have outbreak of leukemia. Mm-hmm. Is there a relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Uh, so, I mean, this is the problem is seeing... You know, I mean, we get caught up in the finite material aspects of this monomorphic organism creates this disease. We can create a remedy for it, and, you know, this is how we can control nature. Mm-hmm. You can't. You cannot. No, no there's too many variables. And Plus, so, pl- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, would we be better? Better. I mean, the whole vaccine debate and what's going on, the conflicts involved in all the Department of I mean, you know, how is an individual to know? There's so much media, so much stress, and so you wonder why, you know, the children are suffering. It's because they, they just, they absorb. They already know you as parents before you know yourself. I mean, they you can read you like a book. They got you hot-wired from the beginning. They can manipulate any circumstances to get what they want. They're pretty smart. I mean, it's natural survival, you know, for children. You know, so they're tough and attenuated, but they're also being affected, their consciousness through all of this Food substance that Joe talks about, you know, the chemicals, the, water, yeah. the fluoridation, it's a prescribed medication in the water, you know, without your, your, your freedom of choice, you know, whether you want it or not want it, it's not proven also, scientific. that's a whole nother debate, you yeah. know, on another show, just fluoridation, you know, we've had our issues here in Bozeman about it, um, but yeah, air number one, water number two, minerals number three. Minerals change the pH of the small intestine, help electrical system going, get the enzymes flowing, all the vitamins to be uh, manufactured. And uh, liver function is probably the key. I think that's where Anthony Williams comes in and says celery juice every day. 
you know, start to get the liver to unburden itself because it's way too toxic. Hmm. You know, it takes on everything. You know, life records, liver, live records, hello, it stores all your emotions as well. You know, anger, resentments, the gallbladder, bile, very important for hormonal function. Mm-hmm. All hormones are fat-soluble substance. They have to be manufactured in the liver. In so the you liver. have yeah. any hormonal imbalances, you got to look at the liver. And mm-hmm. then after that, thyroid, adrenals, how that all interrelates, you know. But we tend to isolate. It's this problem or it's that problem because it's a lot easier for the mind to, to deal with that. Well, I can also I can also see that, uh, and I'm thinking as you are talking, that uh, children being born from their parents, many times parents have themselves undiagnosed disorders. For example, they may have an autoimmune disorder that was never discovered. Never, they, they, they may be suffering from something, but they don't know what it is. The doctors haven't diagnosed it. They've never asked the doctor. But some of those autoimmune diseases are transferred to the child. So you're already creating a new living being that may have a weaker environment, may live in its own mm-hmm. weaker environment, therefore be more uh, exposed to some of these uh, issues that come around. And a case in point from what you're saying, uh, during the news this morning, you've been talking about this Louis, Louis Alvarez, who was one of the 9-11 first responders at, uh, in New York, uh, who just died of cancer last night. And he became, mm. uh, uh, he became one of the spokespeople about the, the horrible disaster that happened, but especially the fallout to all the people who did go into the buildings and tried to rescue what was, what they could. So the exposure that they had to all these chemicals and debris and whoever, whatever was flying out there, in his case, it turned into a cancer. There may be, just like you say, there may be other people who are not, um, who did the exact same thing and who are fine right now. They may not have breathing problems. They may not have heart disease. They may not have cancer. So it does indeed have to do with the environment, the emotions that he was, that you're in at the time when you had to respond that created an environment, your own environment that was not able to withstand the chemicals, the metals, the, the poisons, the toxins that you were exposed to. And it started to affect the body in his case, causing a cancer that caused his life. We're going to have to take, I hope you don't, you don't mind chiming into that when we come back. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot. Um, what I, was his name? Uh, Luis Alvarez. Mm. So we're going to a take true, a break. I can't, I can't a believe. A true hero. Yeah, two hours are done. We're going to be right back. We have a text about glaucoma. We'll get to it in just a moment. Um, but Dr. Sexton, you wanted to talk, and thanks again for being here. Really appreciate it. Oh, that. you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Jacobus. Uh, yeah. I always enjoy coming in and, you know, seeing what's going on. You know, uh, I mean, I have my head stuck in my microscope. I have my head stuck with my patient, Look, you know, day-to-day practice, and it's yeah. not often I get to step back and, you know, share share what it is I'm seeing and relate to the rest of the other Therapists, healers, we have a great community. We have great uh, naturopaths, physicians, uh, you know, people that are sincerely motivated, passionate about what they do and believe and, you know, nutrition. And and we all have a perspective. We all have a point of view. So it's nice to knock heads and, and, and converse about, you know, difficult, you know, situations people are handling and you know, maybe give a different way of shifting. And that's why, you know, 
originally we didn't do active. I mean, you just talk to people, give them more nutrition, whatever, help them with what's their life situation is. You know, it wasn't so complicated. Life we're making so complicated with so much information. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of neurological uh, issues as a result of, you know, just the complications that we've created for ourselves. And so how managing stress is really important. And that probably ties into the factor we'll get into with glaucoma, the amount of, you know, how, how the uh, optic nerve contracts and gets tight and what's causing that vascular contraction and, and, and glaucoma, um, these various, uh, uh, what is the cataract surgeries and the people, you know, what's causing all of that plaque to build up. And is that a result of some trauma or psychic emotional issue as well? There's always that component. So when you're sticking a needle in to answer the uh, woman's question in the beginning, I mean, it's like, all right, we are tapping into the energy thing, a field and we're changing the, the blockage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be psycho-emotional, physiological, whatever. It helps to open things up. When that happens in the blood flow, energy flows, the emotions start to, to move through because the emotion can shut down. You know, when you're angry, you get tight. Yeah. You just want to punch somebody. Well, everything's tightening up, you know, and, and all of a sudden your digestion's off and it might take you a few hours to recover, you know, uh, or you get a shock or trauma. You hear something on the news. You're empathetic. We're all empaths in some sense of degree. We we all feel that's how we connect through humanity. We have all gone through these experiences to a greater or lesser loss, disappointment, sadness, mm-hmm. you know, grieving. You know, we all, oh, and we don't know how to grieve in our society. I see that as a big problem. I learned how to grieve being with the Native Americans here, the Lakota, and what they've been through and how they process grief and loss and their whole the nation being taken out, you know, and how, how the Delhi Lama deal with great, great uh, uh, loss and and lot of his whole, you know, culture, his people. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, we do it not only individually, but in a societal, you know, situation. So, right. I mean, th- there's there's a lot going on here, mm-hmm. you know, we're all connected. That's the Anakarana of life, right? You know, mm-hmm. what you do, what you think, what you feel affects how I feel. So, if I feel better, I feel happy, it's going to it's going to resonate with you. How does that work? I mean, if I feel sad and gloomy or stuff, I create a spiral going downward or I attract. Is cancer contagious? I mean, if you hang out with a bunch of cancer people, well, all of a sudden you resonate in that, that oscillation or whatever. I mean, you attract certain pathologies. Is oh, cancer contagious. I mean, so, I mean, there's a lot else going on when you go in a hospital in a disease situation or whatever, and your vulnerability, you feel fear, anxiety, your immune system is, is, is vulnerable. Yeah. You eat sugar, uh, for 30 minutes, your immunological systems are down. You're vulnerable. You know, so if you're eating sugar on the airplane and you're getting bad air, I mean, you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it's just understanding certain yeah. principles of living, um, that we all affect one another. We're all part of this. And I'm sorry, I've had some really, and I don't mean to be harsh or critical, and it's for a reason, but I mean, people that have been so, I mean, I guess I could call it fanatically paranoid, I mean, about the environment. I mean, it's almost like at one point in time, I remember a news article about, I think it was a, a environmentally or maybe autistic, but I mean the environment trying to make it sterile, you know, in a bubble, you know, to protect your child from... The organism, because they're so, they're immunologically so vulnerable. Um, so 
But I'm sorry, every time you take a breath, it's like 15,000 different bacteria. I mean, well, and they've grown in the last 50 years. I well, mean, let's face it. Well, we're, 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 swimming, we're swimming in a fishbowl of bacteria and organisms and parasites. And, you know, I mean, we're all part of it. We're part of, the, you know, you, we could call some of us are parasitic organisms ourselves. I mean, we just feed off the environment. And we're not contributing. You know, you want, instead of just getting into political debates about changing this and getting all hostile about it, maybe you should send some positive energy that, oh, maybe, we, you know, realize that you have a, a power within you of consciousness. You can change the world, you know. I mean, we created these problems. We can fix them. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I, sometimes I tell my patients, you know, when I first came to Livingston, I'm going to call it Tom's Body Shop. You know, <laughs> you, know, you, know you just come in, you know, you wreck yeah. them, we fix them, you know. Uh, but I didn't want to have to deal with all the insurance uh, you know, haggling and all that goes on with body repair shops and stuff yeah. like that. Interesting. Yeah. Now, the environment, I, I agree with you, but let's let's add to that the tremendous amount of prescription drugs that we've been exposed to in the last 50 years. Yes. The And, and we just don't know the isolates of a, the, the chemical, uh, the, the chemicalization, synthesis, synthesizing certain isolates from a plant many times, 27% of all the chemicals on the pharmaceutical drugs are made from a plant source. Um, they're prescribed a lot. Uh, they have an effect. Some of some parts will absorb in the body, do something to the body. Other parts will not. They have a tendency to come out through the urine, through the fecal matter. You add that up over 50 years, trillions of people. You see what we have done to the, uh, to the food industry, uh, not just depleting the, the soil of minerals, but also increasing hormones and other chemicals into animals in order to grow faster and get more yield. Mm -hmm. So these animals poop and pee wherever they stand. So that goes into the groundwater. Um, over 50 years, we're talking about tens of trillions of animals. Over over 50 years, we're talking about women with hormone replacement therapies, the pill, 1969. You talk about women that have been exposed to extra hormones, men that go on hormone therapies, the re hormone replacement therapy when women hit menopause. All that happened in the last 50 years. So, yes, the, res the residual uh, garbage that ends up somewhere in the landfill, somewhere in the groundwater, starts having an effect on the environment, starts having an effect on the heat of the of the of the the earth. Then you add up natural disasters, uh, volcano, volcanic expressions, tsunamis, whatever, radiation. These have an effect on the body. So you add it all up. It is very difficult for the human race to adjust to all that in a 50-year period where we have been alive for so long and had a very slow progression to change. And now all of a sudden, we've had to adjust very quickly. So action causes reaction, uh, changes in who we are and how we function and the effect that it has had on our immune system health. We're trying to fix that with more medication. We need to find a way to step back and rethink some of that as individuals not i'm not even talking about the professionals you as an individual i as an individual listeners as their own individual need to step back and say what am i doing and what are the things that i can control 
in my own environment. There are certain things you cannot control. So control what you can. So then focus on your breathing, focus on your exercising, focus on your the water you drink, the minerals you add to the water. Like you mentioned before the show, we are so depleted in minerals, and i love for you to explain that story about the zinc and selenium. Uh, very important. But we are simply have become depleted. And when you, when you, when you have a vehicle that becomes depleted, how can we function? I tell people, you're the, you're the brain of the car. You tell it how to go, how fast, how slow, up, down, left, right, forwards, backwards. But don't put the fuel in the car. The car doesn't get emotional. It, it, it simply won't drive. It stops whenever we, whenever it decides to stop. But if the body gets depleted, which it has been, many of us have depleted systems. Mm-hmm. Somehow, the emotion, the stress, the routines that we have done for decades keep us moving forward, keep us doing our tasks, even though we skip meals, or even though if we eat the wrong kinds of food, we simply say, I know how to do that. I've done it for decades. I can do it again. And we do it. But then things start to damage. They start to deteriorate. We start falling apart. We're wondering what just happened. So I think when you add it all up, there is... There is a lot that is done because of human uh, human action, and there is a lot of things that we can do on an individual basis. Still today, we're still in that capability to improve bit by bit. We don't have to jump leaps and bounds, but we can start with baby steps. What can we do today? How we're going to feel about that next week? How will we feel in the, feel in the year? Those are minute steps. Yeah. Compared to what has happened so This is so Thomas Sexton interviewing jo- uh, Jacobus Holloway. Uh, <laughs> he's been in the nutrition for 25 years. And sorry. He has a lot to share with everybody, and, and we're really grateful for his presence here in Bolton. <laughs> and we thank you for, for being and, and sharing. And I didn't want to take this away you from know, you. You know, I love hearing your radio show, uh, you know, two-minute little uh, ad, uh, you know, perks. You know, it's like, yeah, thank for the reminder. You yeah. know, and we all need help. We all need assistance, and it's nice to have a refreshing Joyful, happy voice, you know. I mean that that, that affects that affects people. I mean, uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, that, that's, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> Check is in the mail. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, I know what you're saying, and I appreciate your compliment. Uh, it is just things that I think about, and that that is a big concept. Now, how do we break it down into the smaller particles, and how can we say? You know, this is, I feel strongly about this. I can, I can work with this part. I can change some things in my diet. I can drink more water. Yeah, but I you can say have, sometimes, you know, control what you can and okay. see where it goes. So, from my perspective, uh, and you talk about children, generational things. I mean, cancer, from my understanding in biological field, takes 23, 27 years to develop yeah. in the, in, in the system. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, that system's been corrupted with tuberculosis two generations ago. Okay, and how did that translate to the next generation? Uh, or uh, in regard to, oh, well, you don't have tuberculosis, but because of the mutations, change, adaptations, and treatments, now we have eczema, psoriasis, arthritis, um, and variant forms of tuberculinum, from a homeopathic uh, constitutional miasmic perspective, we have psoriasis, eczema, allergies, and asthma. Yeah. They're all reforms of repressed tuberculinum, okay, or tuberculosis. So we're treating, I'm treating, you know, two generations ago in this body I'm seeing in front of me, in my office, 
this is the third generation they come to break those cycles, clear them out. You know, you know, for the vital life is always seeking vital life. I mean, life is going to, you know, search out life and it's always driving us forward and moving forward. Sometimes you need to do a dramatic shift, meaning that when you have a chronic degenerative disease like cancer stage three, stage four, you know, all of a sudden you need to change the paradigm radically. So, and I saw this in working, working with those various conditions in, in Mexico, um, you know, in a very, you know, limited fashion. But I mean, I've heard stories and I read stories and, and, and look in, and, 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 and research and, okay, here's this person, stage three metastatic cancer. Also, that person goes to France, never been there. Different water, different food, can't speak the language, has to use different biologic, neurological functions to survive, yeah. gets out of the family environment of oppression, repression, or, or suppression of her emotions you know, or abuse or, or whatever, whether it's with a narcissist that's always sub, you know, and depleting, yeah. take, put her in a different environment. Oh, they blew food. All of a sudden cancer starts to go into remission. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what's going on here? Yes. There's more to this than just meets the remedy to the situation, treat the disease, but we're not curing anything. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're treating symptoms mm -hmm. of, of, of what's the cause. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's the constant abuse, the, the subjugation, your, your self, uh, uh, esteem goes down the tubes. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you don't yeah. feel good about yourself. Shame, guilt. You take all that on. All of a sudden you develop a disease that's your only way out. You know, I mean, many times Alzheimer's, you'll see them with a partner who's very controlling, very, oh. you know, demanding. And all of a sudden their only way out. Develop a disease. Shut down. Yeah, shut down. Shut out. down the mind. Don't want to listen anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, interesting. it's interesting because I'll see that, that dynamic outplaying itself many times. And, you know, it certainly is not always the cause no, of the other no, spouse. No, no, no. Sure, sure. But sure. how do you interact in relationships and situations? So you totally shift. I think that's why the popularity of, of very psychedelic drugs came in with uh, Timothy Leary and all that, Baba Ram Dass, the research at Harvard Medical University, you know, using DMT and certain subtle forms, whatever, change brain chemistry. You just totally shift the whole dynamic. All of a yeah. sudden, boom, the personality, gone, the fears, gone, the ego, oh, bypassed. I mean, all of that doesn't have any, all you are is God. You know, all you are is energy. All you are is consciousness. It's like, and you're in connected to all parts of the jungle or the birds or the bees. Mm -hmm. or, you know, all of a sudden you're opened up to, oh, the magnificence of life. Yeah. The beauty on the other side, where I came from originally, you know, from this heavenly, I mean, ecstatic state of being, you know, where the yogis talk about samadhi being in this blissful state of presence. Well, the trick is, why can't you be that now? In order to be that now, you have to step out of time and space and the urgency of all the necessary things you need to accomplish and all the stress. Take your mind and say, okay, you're already in that state. Just allow yourself to feel, to heal. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Is like you have stuff and projects to do of the day. Okay, before you even wake up, have a sense that they're already done. Don't stress, yeah, i got to do this, i got to do that. All your stress, just be, visualize, feel and heal, I mean, you have it all done. You've completed the project, whatever. What's that feel like? Carry that around while you're doing it. I mean, out of joy and out of peace of mind and peace of heart, you know. So every day is kind of a holiday. Yeah. You're on vacation. You don't have to go on vacation. You just have to be on vacation all the time. Mm. So smell the flowers of your vacation spot. You know, use your senses to heal your 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 mind, the endorphins in your brain, the biochemistry. 
and all of a sudden you're living in it outside of the the urgency of time and space. Yes, the universe has your back. Yeah. Well, what does that feel like? So instead of stepping in, you're stepping back and allowing spirit to enter in and take take over. Hmm. And and now we're we're learning how to walk on water and we start to float in a different way with our relationships start to change. Our interactions with life starts to change. And this is what John Hopkins has done with universe uh, studies on post-traumatic stress and healing it from all the soldiers in the Gulf War. Mm -hmm. Too expensive. So, I mean, economics drives this urgency. Because we can't, we just can't afford it. The same with Alzheimer's, number six cause of death now in the United States. It's going to be an economic burden on us. So, totally. There's, you know, it's not just economic burden. You talk about all the caregivers. The caregivers cannot afford any in-home service, so it's usually the spouse or a family is, member who takes care of the person. Exactly. And this it's is a what, stressor on other family members as and well. And this is why I like to, you know, uh, set up another, you know, uh, radio show program on solving complex problems, developing executable strategies in regard to strategic health care navigation for the individual through the system because the system is the problem. And and we need to change yeah. how we have created this system and who created that yeah. system and, and how we can, through conscious awareness and yes. love, transform it so that everybody's in a win-win situation. Correct. You know, and we're, what used to be the paradigm of the medical doctors, the gods, the white coats or whatever, and I thought to believe, you know, now they're being kind of, you know, aggravated and stimulated by their patients because they're demanding more. Mm-hmm. They want more. And so it's like, well, you have to go see that person or that person or go to Mayo for two weeks, get diagnosed yeah, with yeah. all sorts of conditions and then get undiagnosed by those same conditions. I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, I have patients that come down in Arizona and Mayo and been diagnosed with MS and then, you know, uh, see another specialist and no, that's not the diagnosis, but those are just names, labels, but they affect the brain chemistry. And I guess that's the, the dangers because I've seen people diagnosed with AIDS all of a sudden two years, they're in a wheelchair and then, Oh, they found out they really didn't have AIDS at all. But they showed all the stuff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really yeah. something. Yeah. No, but the, so how they were we... diagnosed, but they, that's not what they had. They no. were wrongly diagnosed? Yes. Yeah. Incorrectly diagnosed, and uh, but but they, they started to portray all the symptoms of it. Hmm. Fascinating to me. You know, these kind of things, you know, in life, you know, because those are the things that stick out that really, huh, jar your, your curiosity, you know? And that's why I say... You know, Lyme's isn't created by Bordarella, Bufarella. No, it's a virus. And you don't have such a thing as an autoimmune disease. There's no such thing. Yeah. Your body's not going to attack itself, okay? It doesn't want to, no. It's no, just it's, trying to get rid of something. But it's some a virus or some other entity, some other foreign substance that's creating it. It's not your own body attacking itself. It just doesn't do that, okay? You have a bacteria that shows up you know, as a result of a decayed situation or emotional trauma or, you know, I mean, you're vulnerable. Your immunological system is compromised. Heavy metals, you know, we can go on off an item as far as the environmental toxins and pollutions and things that we're dealing with. But, yeah, um, I don't believe uh, Lyme's is created by those bacteria. Mm. I, I think it's, in, and, and so it's a neurological Lyme's. I mean, for instance, you get 10 people got all those ticks on them. I grew up in Cape Cod. I had ticks all over me all the time. Yeah. But yeah, we all have limes. But what goes from stage one to stage two, from stage two to stage three to stage three out of those group? Why? Yeah. That's the question. And then when you get the limes, you see, well, that's who I am and what I do. I mean, I have limes. Hmm. Okay. Well, 
that brings in a whole, you know, it's like, okay, number one, I'm incurable. I can take antibiotics for two years. Correct, because you follow the, the guidelines and say, well, this is incurable. And so this is my... That's what you made. That's what you believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Got to take another break. <laughs> the last break. <laughs> the last break? Oh, boy. I tell you what, Dr. Sexton and I can really talk for hours if we want to. Just the two of us, we're just enjoying ourselves. Hopefully, you like it as well. Please. I appreciate you all tuning in. We're going to take a break and be back for the last half hour. Make it count. Welcome back. To- <laughs> Can you imagine they write a song on Candida? Yeah, it sounds like Mexico and the Bahamas and, you know, let's all go there with Candida. Candida. But they're actually your friends and not your enemies. This is where we get in with our psychology of dominating. You know, we need to have a foe and enemy to conquer in order to feel better, you know. That's and, right. And actually, yeah. common you know, enemy. And this give is, it a name. Give it a name, right? Well, yeah, but you, 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 you give it a name. Identify. But that's fifty percent of any condition is identifying it, the problem, but letting the unconscious mind see it. That's why it's such a powerful tool, dark field microscopy. When a patient sees what their blood looks like, all of a sudden, oh, there's a connection. Okay, and then they see, okay, we do this and this and this. Oh, they can see the result. And they but once see they see the problem, it's got to change, okay? Yeah. You know, I see a repressed immune system. Well, you know, self-esteem issues, abuse, whatever, emotional trauma. I can see emotional trauma in the blood. Yeah. I mean, it's just something I observe. Someone comes in after a honeymoon, you know, the blood looks really open and flowing. And, you know, everybody just had a shock or a trauma or just took some medication. It's all closed down, reloaded, stuck together. I mean, this this is really a fascinating concept to me. And when I first met it, I mean, I, in Germany, it's like, wow, this is, I mean, I'm not a microbiologist. I'm not a chemist. I'm not, you know, I just like an interesting common, you know, this makes a lot of, this is fascinating. This is interesting. Oh, well, there's a lot of science behind this. Oh, Dr. Enderlin in Germany, he, he went into the pleomorphic. He studied it for 40 years, the life cycle. He's a microbiologist. He's immunological uh, pioneer. Um, you know, and uh, he documented all that. I found it fascinating how it correlated. I, I don't diagnose any diseases or treat illness. I'm just looking at vital life force and looking at it as an observation tool. It's just, you know, it helps me to see stagnations because there's a mm-hmm. crystallization of consciousness when the blood hits the slide and it's like, okay, I see the blocks. Yes. Any blocks in the body creates disease. Okay. You're, you're in the stream and there's a log in the stream. All of a sudden the debris collects around the log. It's a dead entity in the stream of life. Mm. Okay. And then all their other things collect around it. So in a stagnant water, guess what? You have disease. A stagnant part of the body from a scar, trauma, or situation creates a blockage, creates disease. Very simply put. Mm. Wow. So glycoma. Glaucoma. Let's get to a text. So the text is, uh, good morning. I got glaucoma last year and lost about 30 to 40% of the vision in my right eye. My surgeon says that the optic nerve will not regenerate. What do you think? So there's, there's two interesting things. Based on what we talked about today, mm-hmm. I would like to think that there is a reason why the symptom which we like to call a disease, we give it a name, is glaucoma. What could be, maybe Dr. Hammer talks about it in his research, Dr. Dirk Hammer, about the eyes. What is with the eyes? Is it, uh, now, you can say macular degeneration, uh, you cannot see sharp. You could say, what do you not want to see? You know, sometimes I think with Alzheimer's, uh, I think, what are you trying to forget? 
you know, and then also you forget everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in the, uh, it's all we've always had. Quote, oh, it's just old, you know, dementia. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You it know, does old, happen. Old age disease. Oh yeah, I mean, it, there's a historic perspective about all this, and Doctor Alzheimer's work with electron microscopy, and then just study studying all of this. You know, he came through it through understanding. You know, oh. And he he got the name you know labeled they name it after Dr. After Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah but that's interesting. Fact. It's interesting. Uh, uh, I I think about the eye, but then the eye is well, such an important. Well, the first concept is he didn't just get it last year. This is a process, which is true. You know, and Good. so eyes concentration, focus. Um, you know, what's creating irritation, inflammation. Uh, what is he not seeing in his life? I mean, all of these various situations uh, that he's um, or her, uh, what's causing the, the shutdown of microcirculation? Uh, now, the work that's been done in Germany with electromagnetics and, and microcirculation in relation to disease and drawing oxygen, drawing, drawing nutrients, you know, something shut down, isolating, and then you get an inflammation and, and a swelling. Well, glaucoma is a swelling. They use a lot of steroid shots and so forth, you know, to treat it. To, yeah, but they're the treating symptoms. Out. You know, so what, yeah, what's really causing overall circulation? What's causing you What's causing you, causing you to be so pressured? What, what is causing you? Well, blood pressure, to, kidney sure. problems. But I mean, what yeah. stresses do you have in your life that cause you to just, uh, you know, put so much? What, what is the pressure you put upon yourself? I don't know. Well, I mean, from Chinese medical perspective, just stepping back a bit, I mean, eyes are a reflection of the liver. Okay. Uh, you know, um, different parts of the eyes on the lid, you know, spleen. So, I mean, we look at any little part of the of the body and, and we relate it to different, you know, well, relationships. Okay. It, I mean, it's like if we have a par problem on the right side mm -hmm. in the eye, you know, we're, we may treat, you know, areas down in the foot on the right side. You know, I mean, as above, so below, we look at relationships and so... Um, there may be, you know, conditions as a result of, you know, so it's, it's, it's wonderful, fascinating because everybody's different and unique. So you can't just, okay, I have eczema, we do this and this and this. I have psoriasis, I have that, that, and that. Mm -hmm. I have uh, MS, Parkinson, I do this. No, everybody is different. What sets up this situation? And this is where hammer comes in. This is where the emotional, what was the shock time? What's shut down? Did head injuries, football? You know, concussion type of shut down the, the circulation. Why is the body isolating and trying to protect through inflammation? I mean, everything the body's doing is trying to, 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 to heal. And, uh, you know, inflammatory diseases is a healthy thing. Yeah. We suppress it, you know, with, oh, you have a, my child has a fever. Oh, I have to suppress it. You know, uh, my child has diarrhea. I have to suppress it. Well, these are the body's natural ways to eliminate disease. You know, you want to support it. You want to, Bring the inflammation to the fore because that's part of the healing process. I see. So a process uh, called Rettwick's work in uh, Germany is, you know, you go from a degenerative to an inflammatory state. You know, and then from an inflammatory state, the body can interact and heal. But from a degenerative one, no. Um, it needs outside help and intervention. So in this case, you're, you've been diagnosed with glycoma. It's already physically manifested into the body. Well, uh, yeah, certainly acupuncture, but I mean, that's not practical. I mean, expense and all of that, it, you know. It's, so I'm always trying to think of what's going to work for this individual, this person. And for this case, you know, there's an electromagnetic therapy from Germany called Beamer, E-E-M-E-R. There's a documented YouTube uh, uh, that you can 
uh, all the medical research is available and how it works and uh, the work uh, that, uh, that was done in regard to uh, electromagnetics and healing. But it opens up microcirculation. When you get circulation shut down, you have no life. So then disease sets up, meaning like the water's vacated the, the stream. Well, all you got is decayed leaves, matter, and junk. Okay? Yeah. So circulation. Cause of most, you know, 99%, you know, is microcirculation. When you exercise, you feel better. Oh, you open up the capillary structure. You brought more life to the system. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you have acid, lactic acid buildup, but... You know, over time, we, we, we get rid of that. When we're younger, it's easier. The body responds and, and reacts accordingly. But after a while, something interferes with that, and we have a, a shock, a trauma, a punch, a, a contusion. Well, that blocks the chi flow. Mm-hmm. You know, the martial arts, the Chinese, you know, if they get a contusion, whatever, it's like, I'm going to clear that up. I'm going to put the herbs on there, medicine, because I don't want any blocking my chi flow. Cause that's yeah. my power. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, what is it, uh, Muhammad Ali, you know, it's like a butterfly. Fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Sting like a bee. So, yeah. I mean, it's not the force of physical action. It's the relaxation oh, that occurs that allows the power to flow through and then snap, boom, you're out, lights out. And so relaxation techniques, meditation, all of those things are going to help a glycoma situation. I mean, that's why marijuana came onto the forefront to treat glycoma. The cataract eyes, because it relaxed the, the pupil dilation to the eye. Mm. The optic nerve can then can receive nutrition, can receive. You can take the supplements, but if the circulation is shut down, mm. they can't get to it. Good point. So same thing with cancer. It isolates itself as an individual identity within your body. The first thing is to bring circulation into it and start to say, okay, you're an amalgamation of 40 years of suppressed emotion that created this disease. I want you to bring you back to life. How do I do that? I oh, yeah, yeah. if it's that bad, cut it out. If you're done with the emotions and the situations, get rid of it because it's a burden on your body. And, you you know, fibroids are a lot of unfulfilled desires in the body. I mean, how do you, tri- you know, sometimes it's intercession by God and mercy to have surgery. Remove all that because yeah. it's a burden on your system. But do the inner work too. I mean, oh, we got all that cancer out. That's the tip of the iceberg. What gave it life? That's what you need to work on after you get the surgery. Yeah. But the same thing with glycoma. I mean, they do steroid shots and situations treat the symptoms. But, yeah, work on meditation. We work on relaxation. There's an article of six more reasons to get up and move, the new mindfulness. Beautiful. Yoga can change your genes. You know, yoga and meditation can do more than just help you feel relaxed and movement. New research published in the Journal of Frontiers and Immunological shows Immuno, how do you spell it? Immuno, excuse me, my words. I'm, I got too much downloading of information coming in. Immunological, uh, immunological. Frontiers and immunology. Yeah. Uh, they shows that they can actually reverse stress-related changes in genes linked to poor health and depression. After analyzing 18 published studies on the biological effects of meditation, yoga, breathing exercises, qigong, and tai chi, Researchers found that these mind-body exercises appeared to quiet the activities of genes that promote inflammation. Yes. So, um, is there a relationship? Yeah, science is catching up to what we've known for centuries and, you know, being peaceful, relaxed, in harmony with nature, in harmony with our emotions, in harmony with our children, in harmony with our life, breeds health 
longevity, and well-being. The more common traditional village style lifestyles, you know, they appreciate life. You see all these people that are in total poverty with big smiles on their face because their life's so simple. Yeah, it's easy. Not so much. I don't have to pay all these taxes. I don't have to protect all my financial, you know, uh, uh, holdings. I mean, I don't have all this stress of managing all these peoples and their emotions and stuff like that. Life's simple. I, I, I work with the chickens, the dogs, the cat, and then I'm interrelated. I'm just a part. You know, I'm not the total picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's so beautiful around here in Montana, because if you go into Glacier, uh, you know, you're not the top dog on the food chain. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's really good for the ego that's to get true. humbled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and so yeah. it's like it makes you a lot more aware when you go into a, an environment like that. You have to open up and be sensory aware, you know, because something out there could kill you. Yeah. You know, and we've lost our awareness and dullness and we are environmentally not connected. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's interesting that you uh, that were talking about the yoga meditation, relaxing this and that, looking at the optic nerve. Um, you know, a person we both know, Ken Bentall, a medical intuitive. Uh, oh, yeah. He'd like to come on the show, I think. Well, it's, me. it's not his time. He's not a morning person, so <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put that pressure on him. But I did tell him you were going to be on, so maybe he's listening. I hope he's listening, Ken. Mm. Uh, Ken yeah. was very instrumental in in helping me uh, back in two thousand. I had uh, I woke up. I had to do some surgery on my knee, ACL repair, and I woke up and I had complete double vision. I literally, I had, um, I had. I had two wives next to me, which was awesome. But then two, I had two wives? Yeah, well, my, I looked at my this wife and I saw, two, I saw two of her laying there. <laughs> oh, I see. I had two cats. Lucky you. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats. I had two cats. Rejoice. Yeah, everything was done. I'm in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so I did get the surgery. And um, so that night, and, 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 and my wife said, you know, maybe call Ken. Maybe Ken can call, it can help you. And mm. Ken, as a medical intuitive, looked. I called him. He said, well, how can I help you? And I told him what I was experiencing. And he said, well, let me call you back. And at that time, now he's quicker with that. But he was. He said, let me call you right back. And so he looked inside of me. He asked for permission to look inside my body. I said, go for it. And so when he called me back, he showed, he saw that uh, behind my right eye, um, the eye only wanted to move to the front and to the right. It didn't. My right eye did not move to the middle. And so it wouldn't move with the other eye, and there was a disconnect, and so all of a sudden I had double vision. And he said that on one of the nerves coming out of the eye, of the muscles coming, really tiny muscles that connect with the optic nerve, he saw that one of them had a a white spot on it, and he said, when I go closer to it, so people cannot imagine this, as somebody looks at you and gets up close, he said, I can, it's hard, and when I put it between my fingers, he said, I, it, it almost feels like a callus. Mm-hmm. And he said, this callus has caused a hardening in that specific muscle, tiny thing that, that keeps helps the eye to rotate. And he said, I need to massage it loose. And he said, can you visualize it? And I, and I imagined it in my mind, what he was talking about. And I said, yes. And he said, put it between your fingers and massage it. Mm-hmm. Loosen it up. Get the circulation going again. And literally, my eyes started to heal. Now, the next day, because the doc- one of the doctors who happened to be in the hospital there, he said, well, I'm worried. He thought right away there's either MS or cancer or stroke. He said, I need you to have a test done. So I had an MRI done the next day after the surgery. And um, the following day, so Tuesday was the surgery. Wednesday was the MRI. Thursday, I had to go to the ophthalmologist. 
And when I walked in the office, they had a whole report from the pathologist and who said that they couldn't find anything. And everything was fine. It didn't show that it was a stroke or cancer. And uh, But he still wanted me to have a spinal tap done, so which I did. And Spinal tap? Yeah, really? I ended up with spinal tap. They were worried it had maybe still MS, so they wanted to see what was going on. And um, he said, well, I'm going on vacation. And he said, but in three weeks, I'll be back. If you still have this, let come back. So three weeks, it was definitely less, but it was a lot better. So the MRI, the report said, can't really see anything. So I go back three weeks later, and it says... Um, I walked into the doctor, said, well, how are you feeling? I said, well, it's still there a little bit. It's less, but he said, you know, I, I, I got to grab that report again. And he walks out of the office, comes back in, has the report on his hand, and he starts reading. And he said, here on page two, it says that they found a white, a small white spot behind your right eye, but we can't really, we don't know what that is. Well, and Ken saw it, and he said, that is... I see a white spot, and when I get close, it is a hardening, it's a callus, and I massage it, and it starts to loosen up, improve the circulation. Mm. So my suggestion, <laughs> well, first of all, if you have an issue, call Ken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he may really give see. you some insight. What's his number? I got yeah. it here. 585-9918. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so call him if you have any questions about <laughs> a disease that doesn't want to go away. But there's a Let natural take a look at it. But the point is for the person with the glaucoma, yeah. I, want, I suggest to the person with the glaucoma to visualize that optic nerve that the doctor says cannot be healed and find photographs, pictures, go somewhere, look at what a perfectly healthy optic nerve looks like mm. and visualize that, that that is what you have. You will start to regenerate through imagination, visualization, uh, meditation, spoken word, I am perfectly whole, whatever mm -hmm. spoken word you want to use, you will start to create energy because it is all energy that may actually start regenerating the optic nerve and it may go away. And you may be surprised, it may not just work on the optic nerve, it may work on your liver, it may work on your brain, it may work on other parts of your eye, it may work on your digestion because you want to be perfectly whole. So it's an interesting story, and it, it it has always stuck with me because it was so profound mm -hmm. in my own work and in my own healing. Yes, and that's the truth. I mean, what you experience is a truth and a power that now you know. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. And so you're empowered by the process, and that's part of the, the, the turnaround key of it's not happening to me, it's happening for me, I'm turning around and... And now I'm working this situation to my benefit through yeah. gratitude. It's not like you have to like everybody or be, you know, perfectly peaceful and empathetic to all parts of life. But you have to recognize your own uh, innate uh, ability to change, you know, and adapt to change. And where trauma comes is the inability to change and shift. And so you sometimes you need to stick needles in people to get them to help shift and change. And so... Along with what you say, we incorporate things to open up, I mean, microcirculation to the eye, the drops we use from Germany, homeopathics to help relax the optic nerve to receive the nutrition. But in his case, you know, regular microcurrent therapy helps yeah. that change to occur. The beamer is what you call it. Yeah, and, right, and that thing he can do in his house, he can buy the unit, utilize it. There's different programs for neuropathy, for uh, uh, even, uh, I wouldn't say... Uh, uh, I can't say it online, but for 
some medical condition. I have a, I have a cough button I can touch. No, <laughs> and, you know, but I mean, as far as digestive disorders, parasitic problems, the headaches, post-traumatic stress, because they find even with attention deficit, there's a gorging. There's studies there and puff that did on Michael. They see that, you know, before a children's attention, you know, blanks out. I mean, they're only going to have attention span seven, ten that they're thinking so hard, everything's so intense, all the blood gorges the frontal lobe of the brain and then it short circuits everything. And then they're disconnected, you know? Uh, but they're empathetic to the environment. And so how do you affect the circulation? All of a sudden, oh, they're thinking better. Oh, they're more relaxed. Oh, they can start to process information more. But there's so much information out there, it overwhelms, and then they short circuit again. And they short circuit again in the social media. So disconnecting from social media for 10 days going through that withdrawal process we're so addicted to our computer and what's going on in politics or whatever this constant stress we feed mechanism we're addicted neurologically to a stimulus we got to find out what's going who contact you know i got to feel a part of the life by going through social media well i suggest you just go for a walk with your dog or you know i mean just breathe with your spouse and you know enjoy a moment of decompression i mean the old school is that we would walk on the beach or, you know, what was it? Uh, Bernard uh, Jensen, the uh, Iridology, he had a naturopathic clinic and they have, you know, like uh, bowling alleys full of sand. People would walk for 20 minutes a day in the sand to dissipate all the electromagnetic buildup in the blood. Because huh. we can measure that electrical buildup. I mean, I used to do it and I see when a person is really heavily electrically charged, they have to get away from the computer. They have to get over electrical stimulus. They have to walk in the barefoot in the grass the just grounding. to ground their yeah. energy because mm -hmm. it builds up in the blood and creates a charge and an inflammation. You get an inflammation, guess what? You get a calcification. Yeah. So a calcification and then if it's a real irritation, well, it's a swelling. Mm. But that's part of the, the process in glaucoma. And then the pressure starts. Hmm. The pressure builds up. Blood pressure is part of it. Kidney function is part of it. Alcohol, poisons, tobacco, things that affect circulation are part of the problem, you know? Hmm. And so we look at all those components. We identify them. And once you identify them, okay, can you make shifts and changes to, to adapt <clears throat> to that circumstances and, and feel better about yourself and your life? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but you're perfectly, I, I don't know what, what it is with glycoma and the, the, the Heimer perspective, you know, I mean, but it may or may not be true to him. I mean, I, these are just general sure, things that go he observes, yes. you know, I mean, whether you can say, yes, this, 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 that creates that. But yeah. I mean, he would see the physical evidence in the brain with CT scans, both the resolution right. and, and creation of these conditions and patterns. So you see this pattern. How do you shift that pattern? That's where I'm, you know, it's like, wow, this is a whole new you know, and that's where gene therapy is coming in, and they're all excited about that. And big mm. bugs change the genes, you change the disease. Hmm. Wow, it's really, uh, it's really very interesting. But I we know. can do that spiritually, energetically. Yeah, the, well, you cannot eliminate that because that is one thing that both you and I have experienced, and and you and I use in working with our with with myself with customers, you with with your patients. And uh, it, it, if you if you eliminate the spiritual part or the energetic part, let's call it that way, that is maybe more understandable for most people. But even the mental body is energy. The body is physical body is energy. I mean, consciousness. Literally, consciousness. What is consciousness? Hmm. Awareness. I mean, the higher mind is now. You know, they're having schools to develop consciousness. Yes. Develop your intuition. Mm -hmm. Gut feeling. Yeah. Trust it. Yeah. It's well, your divine physician within. Trust yourself. The more you start doubting and 
just you know getting caught up in the fear and the the syndrome that's when you start going downhill yeah that's what timer has proven that's part of the deal that people buy into unconsciously subconsciously so be careful what you say what you do and how you present these various conditions Mm. i think we have to take more responsibility you know, to realize these people are open, vulnerable, they're scared, and, and how you interact with them is really important. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I we've come to the end of three hours, Dr. Sexton. Oh, my God. I we have one more minute. I know. Well, wish. Uh, Dr. No, Sexton, blueskyhealingartscenter.com. Please give them a call, 522-9733. We'll be back next week, Saturday. See you then.